to see the Stone Temple Pilots in concert at the, I don't know, Beacon Theater, perhaps, he said, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And uh, they were playing with the Meat Puppets. And the Meat Puppets have opened up for the Stone Temple Pilots. And uh, he said, at the end of the uh, Meat Puppets set, I came out on stage and jammed with the band, played with them. We did um, Lake of Fire, which is... Fred, you got Ooh. Lake of Fire? That's such a great song, Meat Puppets. And I said I to Mike... I remember this. You. I said to Mike... <laughs> that, that, can that really be true? That sounds completely foreign to me. I have no idea how that could have been. He goes, no. And he thought it was the, the crowd went wild. It was really cool. And um, you you were jamming with them. And I said, you know, it's amazing in my life. You might as well be talking about a stranger. Somebody I have else. no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember when he said that, it brought back a memory that I was standing on the side of the stage watching Stone Temple Pilots. And I remember that show. Because they had an unusual uh, set. They had a set where, um, you know, the physical set looked like a living room. And they were playing in their living room. And I thought it was the coolest vibe. But they had, like, lava lamps. And Remember that, Mike? Yeah, it was, it like was a, awesome. I, I was a yeah. kid. I was, like, in seventh grade. And so I, yeah. I hadn't been to a concert like that before. But, yeah, very cool that they had, like, the whole back of the stage was lava lamps, so I remember. And they made it look like a cool hang when they did some of their songs. It was very neat. But yeah, so you came out, and uh, the the meat puppets are little guys, and you're so tall. They got on each other's shoulders, and uh, it was it was unclear if you were actually playing or not. And we found we ended up doing some research before the show, and the New York Times wrote it up and said that it was hard to hear what you were playing. And then eventually, the road manager for the meat puppets uh, said that you were audible, but you were just strumming one chord and yeah, nothing else. It sounds but, about right. I thought yeah. it was so cool. I I just started listening to the show, uh, to this show, and uh, seeing you yeah. come on stage. I think kind of locked me in as a fan for life, and now here I am. Yeah, it's weird. I I just what what's so funny about it to me is I've had all these amazing experiences, I guess you could say, and I have no memory of them. So what's the point? I mean, I don't remember any of it, and. <laughs> Gary said to me, yeah, I remember you uh, You went out on stage with the Meat Puppets. I go, oh, like, look, when you're saying it, it's like vague. Like, I vaguely, yeah. maybe I remember something about you and the Meat Puppets, but I don't remember what. Well, I remember the Meat Puppets came on our show because I loved oh, yeah, some of their songs. Yeah. yeah, they were really good. But uh, other than that, I, I don't know how I, I ended up there. I don't remember you talking about, you know, because even if I wasn't there, you would have talked about having done it but i don't recall it sounds like past howard had a lot of fun but i think for me you know current howard doesn't remember any of it (laughs) i think for me like in the 90s we were at k-rock it was pretty magical in terms of what was going on musically i was quite taken with the stone temple pilots as everyone was and uh i really wanted to see them oh yeah you could a great live band but you could make up a lot of stuff about me and i'd believe it like, I couldn't challenge any of that. I mean, Mike was reading it from the New York Times, so it had to be there. It probably happened. Yeah, yeah. When uh, he Mike brings out it. an article, you have to sort of say, yeah. okay, maybe it's me who's crazy, not Mike. <laughs> but yeah, well, uh, You're asking, how? what does it matter? I mean, it, look, it, it locked in in my brain that you're one of the coolest guys in the world, and now here I am sitting here in my kitchen well, talking to you on Zoom. 
Yeah, but what good is it for me? What does that mean? Oh, well, for you, I got nothing. I'm sorry. For me, it was a big deal. But that's amazing. I mean, uh, that you were sitting there and saw the show and... Mm-hmm. I probably what happened was I went to see the Stone Temple Pilots because they used to do the show all the time and, and the meat puppet said, Hey, you want to come out on stage? And I probably was like, Oh yeah. And I go, but I don't know the song. And they're probably like, well, just grab that guitar and play a C chord. I said, Oh, I can do that. <laughs> the, uh, the article says you came to the show to see Stone Temple Pilots and decided to quote jam with the meat puppets whose music you weren't actually familiar with. On a whim. <laughs> wow. But then I think you oh came back on the show after. How did they get after. such detail? For what? I think you, then be, you became a Meat Puppets fan that night, I guess, maybe, because they were on the show later after. Yeah, no, I knew their hits, you know, because yeah. we, we'd play them on K-Rock. But probably and they got very know. well known from uh, Nirvana doing, uh, I believe, Lake of Fire. No, uh, no, one of their songs in the un- their Unplugged special. Yep, yep. They were nice but guys. I- I wonder how the New York Times got so much detail. They really uh covered They reviewed this. it. Yeah, they mm-hmm. reviewed the uh they were reviewing the show. But it reviews sh- don't know how you got on stage and and that you were coming to see Stone Temple Pilots. They actually they, investigated. Well, it sounds to me like they interviewed the manager and also but probably I was on the radio saying, "Hey, I'm going to the Stone Temple Pilot show." That's probably how they pieced it together, but they said that, uh, What's interesting to me out of all this is I'm piecing together moments of my own life like a murder mystery. I'm trying to, <laughs> you know, trying to remember. And, uh, it sounds like a well, fun night. Well, there have been several things that have happened like that, like the, the Walter Mercado thing where I'm sitting there looking at a, a, a documentary and all of a sudden they usher the guy into our studio and we're sitting there. And I'm like, I have absolutely no recollection of that. And I called you and I said, do you remember this? Who is Walter Mercado? I don't even know he who you're talking about. He was that crazy guy who read people's horoscopes and came on infomercials uh, in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember a lot. Yeah. And it's not like senility or something. It's just that when you've had a very full life, especially as an entertainer, and, you know, all these things kind of meld together. So There are people who the- who've done the show and people will say, Wait a minute! I don't remember you being on the show. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't remember interviewing Point you. Zero. Yeah, so you were there in seventh grade. That's a pretty cool concert to see when you're in seventh grade. Yeah, my my older brother took me. I I think I'd been to one other concert before, but yeah, that was like a pretty uh, amazing night. It was very fun, and uh, yeah, I just started listening a little bit before then, so it was cool to see in person. I always felt bad for the two dudes, the brothers who played guitar, because they had to put up with um, Scott Weiland, who was the lead singer, who's so fucking talented and such a nice guy. But Jesus Christ, they couldn't get them under control. Couldn't and they keep would it like, together. You can't yeah. uh, control people. People either get themselves together or they don't. Well, anyway, they couldn't get him under control, and they were just having the most difficult time because they had this killer band. They could go on the road and make a fortune. The DeLeo brothers, that was their name. Yeah. And they... um. They just had so much fucking hassle with him. They just couldn't. They were like, oh, if he'd just get off drugs. but And they broke up and they made up and they broke up and they made up and they broke up and they made up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dean and Robert. Those are the two brothers from Stone Temple Pilots. They're probably sitting there going, fuck. They're like the doors. They're like, shit. You know, the doors were sitting after Jim Morrison died. We're like, oh, fuck. What do we do now? Because there's no doubt Stone Temple Pilots could still be on the road. If uh, Scott was alive, he was so talented.
And he loved guy. to perform. He, he, he didn't mind being on the road. It was just too much for him, though. He was a lovely guy. So many. And he was so honest. He went up to the cops. This is a crazy story. He, he uh, saw some cops. Th- he had just, uh, I guess he was into heroin. I, I guess that was his drug of choice. But, or coke. I don't know what the fuck he was into. But uh, he was walking down the street, and he saw some police officers. They were just standing there, and I get, he just went up to him and said, okay, I, I have heroin on me. You know, he, like, he confessed. Well, he probably thought, oh, I'm, I'm caught again. I might as well yeah. turn He turned himself in. in. He's so sad. <laughs> I was like, oh, Scott. He goes, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I got nervous. <laughs> he was a lovely, lovely guy, and I was so sad when he died. The guy and I Dean, came. The, the Dean and Leo were lovely guys too. Yeah, the whole band. Uh, the guy I can't get over is um, is the the drummer from the Foo Fighters, Taylor Hawkins. He died. Jesus, that's so sad. I feel sad about him. He was. Such I read a sweet everything guy. I can about it, and you know, apparently he was saying that he needed to to slow down. Yeah, and and all of that stuff before this happened. Yeah, I read about that too. They were saying that the Foo Fighters, <clears throat> excuse me, the Foo Fighters are um, saying they never had a conversation with him saying he wanted to slow down, but some friends were saying he said he wanted to slow down, whatever it is, but, you know, now he's gone. But apparently he knew he had that heart condition. Yeah. So he what was his heart condition? He needed to, it was an enlarged heart. Wow. You'd think that'd be a good thing. You know, hey man, no, I got twice the heart. If your heart grows because like, of hey, something, that's one thing. Give me a big heart. Come on, pump more blood. <laughs> get me going. Yeah, evidently but it's that's bad. That's the thing. It gets stretched out and it can't pump more blood. You know how they always say bigger is better, but in this case, smaller is better. Small heart. Who knew? Lean and mean. Let me say hi to my girlfriend, Marianne from Brooklyn. I haven't spoken to her in a while. Hey, honey. Oh, when you say hi to my girlfriend, Howard, I die and go to Howard Heaven a million times. Welcome back, Howard. I love you. I thought about you all the last two weeks, and your family is good. I think about you. And Robin, great job losing, but don't overdo, Robin. Please don't overdo. But Howard... Don't you hate that? You know, Marianne, whenever whenever somebody loses weight... Right. uh, And people go, don't overdo it. And you're like, oh, please. You know, of course overdo it. Go crazy. Well, Why I, not? Well, they I, don't say anything when you're overdoing the eating. You know, <laughs> like, right. where were you at that time saying, I, don't yeah. overdo Me, it? Robin, you always look beautiful, so I don't know. But I know you yeah, have Robin habit. was the uh, big topic of conversation behind her back yesterday because oh, everyone was like, wow, stop. did you see? We're, yeah, of course. What? Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you what people say behind your back. Don't you want to know? <laughs> at least uh, I said it in front of your face, Robin. Right. Um, yeah, everyone was like, Wow. Robin lost like 20 pounds in a week or something in two weeks. I go, <laughs> I didn't lose it in a week. I go, yeah. I go, listen, she didn't eat for five fucking days. Damn right. She's going to lose weight. I mean, it's, it's no, crazy. No, 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 no. I started this in March. You just Hold know about second. the five days. March. I uh, no. You talked to me in March about you were going to do, you change up your eating and you That's were researching. Right. That's when it started. Yeah. And I'd already started when we were talking about it. Well, in any case, you look good. Keep going. <laughs> Overdo it. No, I just meant like, you know, she has a habit of going to ayahuasca and green drinks yeah. and stuff like oh, that. Oh, it's so great. Tread, tread, this is tread the Robin I love. 
the, the fans wrote in. This is the Robin uh, that I love. The one that, you know, is searching for answers. I love this about her. And it's my favorite thing because it always leads to great discussion. And the fans agree. I'll read you about Robin. Everyone is so excited that, you know. Robin's, Robin's out there again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Robin's Robin's on, Robin's looking for new answers. So. A new quest. Um, <laughs> The fans are excited to hear about Robin's new fasting diet and sea moss skincare routine. <laughs> I saw Robin, that's priceless. Let me read this. The giddiness I felt when I opened my Sirius XM app and saw the topic was Robin's diet. Sweet bliss. Uh, hearing... God, I'll never forget, you know, you'd come into the radio station and Robin would have a team of people preparing drinks and vegetable <laughs> juice and vegetables, vegetables. And uh, Dr. Dr. Ronnie, Dr. Ronnie and Dr. Ronnie had a couple of people with her and they all had to be there at six, whatever time we started, five in the morning, six in the morning. And everyone is you know, scurrying around trying to accommodate Robin's latest uh, thing. And I just would sit there and go, this is so this is like this is. This is fantastic. This is, I did, you know, all for this drink. And then Robin would walk in with these various cups of drinks and pitchers. They were and, about and this pouring. large. I had yeah. seven people preparing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it, it, I said, it takes a village to, to feed Robin. It's unbelievable what's going on here. The uh, less what she the f- eats, the more people she needs. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have 50 people and no food. Hearing Robin discuss her fasting and the sea moss she puts on her face, I knew we were dealing with an instant classic on par with her green drinks and coffee enemas. Oh, my God. The enemas. <laughs> when you and Judith Regan would get together for the weekend and stick hoses up your ass and shoot water into your ass. And I'm like, are you in the room together? No, we're separate. But, we, you know, they would go off on their own and lay down on the floor and stick a hose up their ass. And then, and then, and then come out later. All I know is I'd come into work and Robin had a a juicing pit crew like it was like a car race. Um, Howard, it looks like Robin is getting a little cuckoo again. This is the Robin we love. Keep up the wackiness, Robin. And um, while I'm reading you from the fans here, Robin also revealed that like Jada Pinkett Smith, she has alopecia. And the fans appreciated her honesty. They, Robin, again, you're a hero. Uh, all uh, the alopecia community <laughs> is completely the communi- on fire. Because uh, you know what? I was going to say that Jada Pinkett, when she you started playing that red table talk thing, she started yeah. talking about the alopecia community. I was like, community? You. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Honey, you're in it. That's it. You're uh, you're part. I have. I'm a card carrying member. Here's some fan notes. I don't think Robin told us before that she has alopecia. Thanks for being so open. Queen. Queen. Robin is so strong. She has no problem coming forward and revealing anything that may come off as an insecurity. We love you, Robin. And um, here's a little bonus tape for you, too, Mary. And Robin's boyfriend, Lenny Dykstra, one of the greatest New York Mets of all time. (laughs) Was Love so Len. turned Don't on. Don't tell me. Don't tell oh, me he's weighing you, in on this. You made a big mistake by going. <laughs> he loves it. He was turned on by your alopecia revelation, and he left you a voicemail, and I'm ready to share it with the world. Here it is. Hey, Robin, I hear you have alopecia, but don't worry. That doesn't bother me at all. I mean, does that mean you lose your hair uh, everywhere? Like, below the waist? I mean, no, no bush? No bush? 
I like a little bit of a bush, but it's okay. You probably got a perfect spot, so you don't need a bush. I need it. So you, we need it. Show it off, baby. Oh, Come on, Robin. End of message. Party going on over there. I thought you guys had supplied the music. That's his music. I was thinking the same thing, my God. No, it's his music. He had he had a whole thing going. He had music behind him the whole time during your message. Imagine uh, Robin, you give us the gift of you and Lenny down the road getting together. That would be freaking epic. Imagine that, Robin. Right. I, I, I don't know. So Where's my so gift, funny. Marianne? Where's my gift? <laughs> I don't know. You're gonna get you're gonna get your vagina eaten by uh, Lenny. And he's gonna turn you on. That's your gift. What um what about Lenny's question, Robin? When one has alopecia, does that mean there's no hair on the vagina as well? No, that does not mean that. Just wow. like a person who goes bald in different places, you can have partial hair loss, full hair loss. You can have any any variation. And now, how cool that? is that? You can, you wouldn't have to shave your bush at least if, if at least your hair fell out on your vagina. Unbelievable. But I have to I shave my underarms and, yeah, that. <laughs> Don't you wish you could give your alopecia to your underarms and your I bush? I could switch it. Switch it. Just upside down it. Um, Robin, wow. does alopecia come from stress or is it just an a inside a vitamin deficiency? Where does it come from? I'm not sure. It can come from stress. It can also be autoimmune. I happen oh. to, you know, have had chemo and yes. my hair never grew back. That's what I, I. Are you sure it's alopecia or is it um, from chemo? Doesn't chemo sort of burn out your, or is it, or is that what it's called when chemo takes away your hair? Well, it's chemo related, right? But it's alopecia. The, well, usually people's hair grows uh, grows back. Some grow back after yeah. they've uh-huh. had uh, chemo, but mine uh, only grew back partially. Jeez. Robin, you're gorgeous. Yeah. So hair and no hair, you're amazing. That's t- it's you're tough like for a woman, though. Beauty. Like a dude, you know, a dude, it's more, it's hard for a woman not to have her hair. Right, Robin? Right. Uh, I don't think anything is harder than having cancer and thinking you're going to die. Right. So, and so, yeah, anything else that comes along, you go, well, deal with that because you're still here. Oh, here it is. Alopecia just means hair loss. So, right. So, no matter how it happens. My dad had horrible alopecia. Uh, <laughs> at a young age, I think. <laughs> oh, my God. He lost his hair at like 19 or something. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Like, at Poor least he, I have, oh, unbelievable. And I was, even when he met your mother, he didn't have much hair. No, no, I, I, I'm exaggerating. He probably, okay. he probably was thinning at that point, but my mother, he found the right woman though. She's like, I don't care about physical looks. I go, obviously. <laughs> my dad my dad is a strange dude i mean he's a i mean you think i'm odd looking oh my god my dad's no johnny depp and you know uh, howard yeah. i met your dad at the last day at k-rock and he him and your mom they were the most amazing people of course i went over to them to tell them how much i loved you and he was tall and lean and nice and they were just great you know who my father you know who my father looks like <laughs> Like, but not not as good looking. He looks like Uncle Junior on The Sopranos, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but that's not a, that's a nice look. That's, that's not a bad looking guy. Yeah. That's a character well, look. Yeah, it's a character look. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what do you, what can I do for you, Marianne? Yeah, I was cool. Howard, I, I want to 
want to recommend to everybody the George Carlin documentary. It's amazing. I don't know if you saw it yet. It's I John did. Apatow. And it, oh, you saw it, Howard? It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Can I, it's fantastic. Can I tell you my favorite line to everybody? Yeah. Sure. Okay. And I'm not a comedian. Um, their stuff is shit, and your stuff, and your shit is stuff. Isn't that amazing, Howie? Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of his wow. best bits. Wow, you have right. a way of delivering it, Mary. I know, Robin. I knew I was going to screw it up. What can I say? That's I one of uh, George Carlin's best bits about your stuff. That people spend their lives collecting stuff, and he goes, and then they get a house because they need a place to put stuff in. <laughs> <laughs> and then he talks about how, like, then you get so much stuff, your house is no, you got to get a bigger house for more That's stuff. Right. And then eventually you say, my, this stuff is shit. Or you say, you look at your neighbor and you go, his stuff is shit. And you go, but my stuff is stuff. It's great. It's a great bit. All right, Marianne. I want to get that to Howard. Talk Thank more you. about it because he is so relevant today. It's anyway, uh, sorry, uh, the phone cut out. You must be having a problem. <laughs> Yeah, this guy, Judd Apatow, who is a uh, movie director. I forget the movies he did, but uh, he's a very talented guy. 40-year-old virgin. There what you else? go. That's it. So it's the only thing he did. 40-year-old virgin. I don't know. <laughs> Judd's done a bunch of things. He's a very funny yeah. guy. And, uh, you know, we've had him on the show years ago. But, um, yeah, he, he's doing this thing. He did some other documentary, too, that I liked. He's Well, he, he did takes, the Gary Shandling. That's it. Did a beautiful job with that. Yeah. And uh, he put together a documentary. It was on HBO. George Carlin. And uh, they look at his life. And my God, this guy, what a tumultuous life, though. His poor daughter. His daughter was on. And geez, I guess George, you know, when he got into drugs. It's a funny thing with me. Whenever I used to hear George Carlin on interviews and stuff, and he'd talk about his drug use, I never believed it. Like, I always thought he was saying it to sort of be counterculture. I figured, oh, no, he really has it together. He's, He's not making that. it up. <laughs> he not, yeah, like kind of exaggerating his drug problem. You know, I used to think that of Robin Williams, too. I don't know why sure. I, I, I'm so suspicious of people. But evidently, Robin Williams had a heavy drug habit, and so did George Carlin. But I don't know. I sit there and watch TV. I go, hey, they, there's no way. Because you know what it is? These guys are so sharp, and they're so fast, and they're so uh, comedy gifted. That you sit there and go, there's no way they could maintain this and have a major cocaine problem. But, you know, I was going to say, was maybe it's their ability to continue being productive yeah. that you don't associate with drug use. Right, 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 right. And by the way, Judd uh, did uh, Knocked Up and Trainwreck. It's, um, he's done a lot of movies, but yeah, it's weird also to see drug addicts who make a lot of sense. Like no one made more sense than George Carlin or Robin Williams and you know, these guys were so astute and they're so, you know, they're so together. They go on the Tonight Show and they're doing routines and chunks of material and you can't even believe it. You, but you then know, you got you, rock stars and musicians who write incredible songs and yeah. do all this stuff, too. Yeah. Well, Andre. Anyway. You know, you start thinking, hey, maybe I need to be on drugs. Make me a little funnier. But, uh, well, whatever you are before you start taking the drugs, that's what you're going to be. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't enhance. But um, <laughs> but George Carlin had a serious drug habit. In fact, at one point, he almost died of a heart attack brought on by cocaine abuse. But his daughter was on. And, you know, being a little girl in a family of addicts, uh, she had a tough time because 
she loved her dad and she loved her mom, but she saw them fighting a lot. And meanwhile, they had a great marriage, but they had a couple of rough years, you know, with the drugs. Mm. So, so they stayed uh, together even after that. They did. It, 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 yeah. She was the love of his life. He was such a family man. And then um, when she died, he um, he was distraught, but he did meet another woman. He was married at the time of his death. Oh. And he fell in love and he couldn't believe it. And they'd share his love letters. It was really, it's really a remarkable, remarkable, um, um, a documentary that Judd Apatow put together. It's two parts and I do recommend it. It is awesome. And what a talent that guy was. Yeah. And it, it's amazing. You know, most guys can't reinvent themselves, but he started out, you know, as a regular comic doing the clean stuff, you know, being on all the shows. And then when he went to like the hippy dippy weatherman and all that other stuff, uh, he sort of reinvented himself. And then he he even at one point reinvented himself when things really started to change, uh, you know, politically. And he became more of a political comedian, more of a you know, he just changed his whole style. And then and then he in the uh, he even when he saw Sam Kinison working, uh, George was kind of not having the career success that he had earlier on. And when he saw Kinison, I think he was like, oh, shit, this is where we got to go. And um, they point that out in the special and. It really was remarkable how he was able to change. He was able to mm -hmm. sit down, do the hard work, and say, how do I reinvent myself? How do I make myself relevant again? And he came back with a fierce a bunch of comedy specials and started doing all those HBO specials hour after hour, and they were all good hours. Uh, most comedians cannot put out that much material. It's impossible what he did. And uh, they even had a part in the documentary where George was at... Um, Lenny, one of Lenny Bruce's show where he got busted when George was a kid, he went to see Lenny Bruce perform before he was a stand up comic. Um, George Carlin would go to these clubs. You know, he was a fan and he ended up in jail with Lenny Bruce because wow. uh, Lenny got arrested. And I guess George somehow started protesting or something <laughs> threw him in the clink, too. So he had a remarkable life. Yeah, he had a remarkable life. And it's really worth watching. It was so good, man. Hmm. That you don't tell me about. Yeah, well, I tried to call you, but I couldn't get a hold of you. You were starving yourself <laughs> and you, uh, I mean, fasting. And uh, it was hard to get a hold of you. Starving myself. <laughs> yeah. George was a rebellious guy, man. He um he started smoking pot at 13 and quit school in the ninth grade. Ninth wow. grade. Wow. Yeah. Genius, too. Smart guy. Had to be, because look, uh, yeah. you know, he knew how to write. Yeah. I guess he didn't stay around to get taught. He already knew. Take a couple of these calls. I feel bad yesterday we didn't get to anybody. So let me let me take a couple. Uh, Joe, go ahead in Pennsylvania. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, Howard. How are you doing, man? Good. I, I'm, look, man, this is going to sound, well, I ain't going to be crazy, but I'm in the middle of a divorce, and I'm fighting my wife for child custody right now. And right. being, I'm dead broke right now. I collect SSDI, and um, I'm not making near enough money to afford a lawyer. I'm on the verge of trying to go to court myself and defend myself. And I, I know it's probably the worst I've been in the world, but. Well, what are you, uh, what's your wife saying? That you shouldn't have any custody of the kids? Correct. She's trying Why? to take full custody of the children. On what grounds? Great question. None. She said, well, here's what she's saying. She's saying that um, I'm abusive 
to her and the children. Now, a little backstory. We were to, my wife and I have been married for 20 years, or been together for 20 years, married for 13. And you know how when divorce comes along, you're the worst guy ever now, you know. Um, right. You know. So, well, you know, here I am. There's a lot of this shit that goes on. I mean, some guys are abusive and they're assholes and they deserve not to see their kids or to see. I've supervised uh, visits, but uh, I'll assume you're telling me, I assume you're telling me the truth. You know, this, this word abusive, you got to be careful because uh, what is she talking about? Uh, You're abusive. What? Because you're not in love with her. Uh, Who knows? But (laughs) here's the only advice I can give you. And I'm no expert on this shit, but dude, you better get somebody to represent you. I don't know who. Uh, if you got no money, I don't know how that works. But you got to yeah, have represent. You do not. A judge. First of all, these judges will not love you if you come in to represent yourself. They like things orderly. They like things done a certain way. It's how the system works. And you need somebody to, you know, you got no job. You got no money. Now, you ask yourself, you think you're going to do fine in court? <laughs> Imagine you got your honor. I got no job. I got I got no money in savings. The judge is going to have a field day with you. He's going to say to you, "Listen, asshole, you got kids. Where's your job? What's what are you doing? You got you want to have children? Why did you have children? And you got no job, and you're not out there looking for work." She's but don't they you- also? You got to have a place for the children to go if they're going oh, to live with yeah. you. Oh well, yeah. There's so many things they poke into. Yeah, but I, I am on SSDI, so I don't. The issue is I'm not making enough money to afford a lawyer because the first time we went to court, it cost me sixteen hundred dollars. Now I got to go back to court, and I gave everything to my wife when we got when we did this divorce. I gave her the house. I'm giving her a thousand dollars a month in child mm. support. And everything. wait a second, and wait a second. You're on SSDI, and you're paying a thousand dollars a month. Okay, well, with SSDI, you also get Social Security for your children until they're 18. Right. So she's getting that $1,000, and I'm living off of $1,600. I'm paying for my, I'm paying for a cheesy ass 500 square foot apartment, you know, a car note, and everything else, you know. So that $1,600 goes very fast. And believe me when I tell you. uh, What happened to you that you can't work? What happened that you're in bad shape? Oh, I was in a car accident. Um, lost the, yeah, lost, I got a traumatic brain injury, lost the use of my uh, right leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all the fun stuff. So what abuse What abuse does your wife say you did? What, what she, she claim you're hitting her? No, abusive. Abu- or, uh, I'm sorry, mental, mental abuse. Uh, mental abuse. Really? Did you do that? On, on my mother's grave, no, I did not. On the life of my children, no. You know, and, and that's the issue. You know, and like I said, we were together for 20 years. In that 20 years we were together, 13 married. I never had the police called on me or anything. And I know all the backstories. And, you know, abuse is a, a, a really nice word to use in, in so many aspects of life. Well, let me just say, let me, let, me, let me cut you off. You got no work. You got no money. You got no leg. You got a head injury. You're gonna, you going to, if you got to go to court to see your kids, you better get a lawyer. 
How's he going to get gonna, a lawyer? They don't automatically appoint one for divorces. I don't, I don't know what he's going to no, do. They don't. Maybe, he knows, maybe he knows some dude who's a friend. I mean, um, you know. And then, the, and then yeah. when you start answering, when you start answering the judge, like, for example, I only met you two seconds ago, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to you, uh, your wife says you are abusive. And you go, let me give you the backstory. No, no, what, no. Uh, listen, all the years I know my wife, I not once have the police been called in. Now, that's a pretty low bar, dude. I mean, the judge is going to have a field day with you. She's going to go, wait a second, sir. You're telling me, you, you're, you're here telling me the police weren't called in on your marriage in 20 years and you're bragging about that? <laughs> My parents didn't have the police called yeah. in on their stupid marriage. So you're not real good, Joe, at answering these questions is what I'm telling you. Yeah. So, you know, like your yeah. law, if you get any kind of lawyer, even I don't know, you meet some lawyer or maybe some kid in law some school. Some guy who wants to do a favor for somebody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, you know, they're going to they're gonna have a field day with you, dude. And uh, I hate to see that. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, to I me, you sound, like, you, you. you sound like a good guy. You know what I mean? I, I hope I Is hope there you a are. difference, Howard, between going for visitation, you know, fighting to be able to visit your children as opposed to custody? They got some dudes who are so bad in court, they can't even get visitation. They can't even go over <laughs> and say hello. They can't wave to their kids. That's how <laughs> fucked up these dudes are. I mean, uh, right. and, you know, and, you know, they go to court and go, Your Honor, police were never called in on my marriage. <laughs> And I swear to you, on a stack of Bibles, I never tied the kids up. And, and 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 guess what, Your Honor? All the years I know my wife, I never burned our own house down. Okay, now give me my kids. You know these guys—they think they know. They think they can beat the system, but a judge doesn't put up with any nonsense. You've got to have a law. It's the same thing. Like if 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 a doctor told you you had a heart condition. Did you ever hear someone say, you know, I, I don't have any money. I'm so going to be probably, my own doctor. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm probably just going to open up my chest and see if I can put a stent in. I mean, you don't do that. Navigating the legal system is as complicated as doing heart surgery. Uh, yeah, that's the bottom that's line. It's, it's very, very complex. And, uh, you know, the only thing I can tell you is it'd be nice if you and your wife could be civil with one another and get some sort of mediation where you didn't have to. You know, be so angry with one another that you couldn't sit down and say, look, I'm not a bad guy. You're not a bad person. Why don't you take the kids 50 percent of the time? I'll take kids 50 percent of the time and let's leave all the aggravation out of it. You know, I mean, if that's your best bet, Joe, if you could just go over. Yeah, maybe talk to her. Maybe say, look, I don't want to fight. I just say I love you. I mean, we're not in love anymore, but I do love you. You're the mother of my children. I'm not looking to make uh, a whole Michigas out of this thing. Use Italian. That's always a good thing. Michigas. (laughs) And, um, you know, and say, I'm not I'm not looking to bust anybody's balls. You can't afford a lawyer. I can't afford a lawyer. That sh- that money could be going to our children and their care. That's right. Yeah, the the the, the three hundred dollars I have in the bank could go to the children <laughs> instead of to a lawyer. You know, uh, but Joe, you know, uh, and by the way, don't tell the judge that you called me asking for legal advice. Don't leave with <laughs> no, 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 that. Okay. Howard Stern is going to represent yeah. me. Howard yeah. Stern told me what to do. People don't like me. I'm telling you. Um, was there a breaking point for your wife? Did you? Was there some specific incident that? kind of took the, the the sizzle out of the marriage and, and that's the thing I, I'm, I'm gonna make the assumption yeah because you know i'm dealing with a lot of things she's dealing with a lot of things 
in a marriage, you know, COVID didn't help. And prior to that, you know, we both were, I don't want to say at a crossroads, but, you know, the marriage was getting difficult for some time. Well, what happened? Why was it so difficult? <laughs> Infidelity on her behalf. Oh, for Christ's sake. And she's saying you can't see the kids? She's cheating? Yeah, tell me about it. Man, Howard, this story goes for so it's like a bad, bad movie. The and, worst is you when know, your wife is fucking another dude, man. That, man, I've had yeah, that with girlfriends. Tell me about it. I had a girlfriend I was it. in love with. I assume she was my girlfriend. She's out fucking my friend. Yeah. And I said to her, hey, it. I just got word. You're fucking my friend. And you know what she said? She goes, I didn't know we were a boyfriend and girlfriend. I go, well, that's what? a good one. Maybe you yeah. should say, I didn't know we were married. What was this? Uh, the boys yeah. business. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. It, it, was your it, wife? Uh, was your wife? Was your wife fucking this guy while she was fucking you, or was she withholding sex from you? Um, fucking us both. Oh wow! Hmm. You know, I had no idea, and you know, it's like my was wife works forty five minutes was, from home. Was the dude better looking than you? I've not, I've not met him yet. I've only seen you know some text messages, and the messed up part about this whole thing was. My son called her out on it, and that's when everything went to shit between us. Oh, boy. So where are the kids now? With her. With her? Man. Yeah. So and the, how they, old they, they, are the kids? I'm 11 and 13. Man, mm. Mm, this is rough. Hey, dude, I got good news for you. This is the beauty of this show. Let me see if this is for real. Mark, you're a lawyer? I am, sir. Nice. In Pennsylvania? Uh, unfortunately, not in Pennsylvania. I'm up in Boston, but I just wanted to uh, let you know um, every uh, bar association in the country has what's called the Volunteer Lawyers Network, and uh, they mm -hmm. help people who are indigent. And uh, I just reach out to your local bar association, my friend, and see if they could uh, help you out. Nice. Well, there's good oh, advice. Okay. Did, yeah, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. My pleasure. Thank you, Howard. A lot of times when I watch these Hallmark movies, guys are in a bad situation like this then they they leave the city for a small town and they open up like a little hot cocoa shop and then they find and then they find love they find love yeah. yeah that's a that's my advice open up a cocoa shop where i don't ever heard of a fucking cocoa shop but this is what they do yeah, where do you find one of those yeah it's crazy yeah, for real yeah well yeah. joe good luck man i mean uh shit i can't believe she was fucking this other guy and now you don't have the kids this is a nightmare yeah, it is. Well, this I'm is like, a, a thing you see oftentimes. People make a really big mistake, and then they get mad at you. Right, right, right. Thank do you. you think, do you think she started fucking this other guy when you had the car accident and your leg got all messed up? Um, You know, that's an interesting question because it's been, um, what, Five years since my uh, accident. Uh, uh, this oh, is what God. I mean. You can't do good in court. Dude, this is what oh, you say. Say, oh, man. He goes, I, you know, I was injured. I was at my lowest, and my wife's fucking this other guy. You see, you need a lawyer. You can't dude. use the F word, though. Don't listen to everything he yeah, says. Yeah, um, <laughs> say, uh, say uh, making love, making love. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin's right. Making love. But, uh, yeah, dude, you got to play that up. See? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I, 
Right. <laughs> yeah, can't believe it. Just gonna you don't think this guy will that. have a, a bunch of women outside the courtroom cheering for him? Like Johnny Depp? <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> we could go. Robin, you go with your... <laughs> With your with your new physique and everything, you could go down there and hold up signs for Joe. Joe, Joe, go get him. That's right. Uh, That's yeah. Never mind. So great. All right, Joe, listen, I, I feel your pain. This is awful. You're sitting in the house by yourself. You want to see your kids. When's the last time you saw your kids? Uh, two weeks ago. Mm, that's crazy. Yeah. That, and now she's crazy. holding them. You know, she's playing games with the kids, which sucks more than anything. But, so you're gonna you call know. that you're gonna call that service that the dude was talking about the bar association. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah we call the bar association. As soon as I get off the phone with you, man, I'm I'm gonna Google it and see what I can find. Good. Yeah. You know, right, let me know how it goes. Terrified right, to go Joe? represent myself when it comes to my kids. No, you don't yeah. want to do that. Don't trust me. No, You'll get eaten not. alive. <laughs> uh, he might as well not show up in court. He'd be better off. And let me <laughs> help you out alone. here. <laughs> Any ladies out there who are in the audience looking for a disabled, unemployed, broke guy, we have a man here for you who's ready to... And he's got two kids, too, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> man. you got me sounding like a superstar, thanks. Uh, yeah. Well, all right, man. Oh, um, Joe, you'll be all right. You just got to get someone from that bar association, okay? Definitely. I appreciate it, Howard. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of good volunteer lawyers out there. Uh, I hope. Uh, he's gonna look out. <laughs> Maybe you should just say goodbye to the kids and start over with somebody new. <laughs> it was only eleven and thirteen years you had. Yeah, you don't know them that well. I can't be that attached. What the hell? Hey, here's oh a guy goodness. who says, "Here's a guy, Joe, that says he represented himself and it did work." Go ahead, Josh. Tell me about it. Yeah, Joe, listen, um, you can do it yourself, but it's not easy, man. It took me two and a half years to actually complete the whole process. Initially, I got divorced, kind of the same boat as you, you know, for the sake of not sticking around the house and, you know, fighting, making things difficult for the kids. I just let her take everything. Car, car Wait a second. It. Two and a half years. You didn't see your kid. This guy, he's desperate to see his kids. I mean, no, I saw my kids. I had the the shared custody, but so I lived two miles away from my ex-wife. And I said, look, I just want a 50-50 split. Uh, You know, there was no abuse or anything. She claimed it, but it wasn't real, you know. So I was seeing him, but I was seeing him for a weekend every two weeks. And then then I'm babysitting the kids during odd nights of the week when she's out, you know, having fun, having a good time, because what am I going to do? I'm making love. I'm making love, not fucking. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm, you know, and I'm, you know, coming up with reasons not to kill myself. Right. Right. So, yeah, you can do it. Honestly, what I did was, so I live in Chicago. You got to know your state's custody laws. Every state is different. And Illinois. See, this is what I mean. This is what I'm talking about. This guy, Joe, he didn't have time for the, yeah, you got to go study law. In order well, to do that, it, it might be cheaper. Internet, to, I got a better idea. Two and a half. If it's going to take him two and a half years, maybe just go to law school and <laughs> represent yourself. I know. <laughs> then you'll be ready to represent it, yourself. It sounds like a yeah. long time, Howard. I get it. But when I used a lawyer initially, it cost yeah. me thirty-five thousand dollars. I had to mm. claim 
bankruptcy and I, and I basically got an extra day with the kids. So look, I spent, I spent my lunch break, you know, reading stuff on the internet about laws and it's all about procedures and forms and being respectful to the judge. Everything is yes, your honor, no, your honor. Don't get excited. Don't get emotional. But all of these like forms, you know, for motions that you got to file and responses to motions, they're all uh, online. You just print them out and you Mm. fill in your stuff. And mm. that's it. Like it's not easy, but it's free. Your time is free, and for me, like I wanted to see my kids on a regular basis, so I didn't give a shit how long it was going to take and how frustrating wow. it was going to be. All and right. and I got it. So I see. You know, now I get my kids for a week. Now they're older. They're seventeen and fourteen. So I see them for a week. Then she gets them for a week, and now there's nice. nothing left to fight over. You took right. that took the money out of it too, and it's all about money. That's what. Well, this one thing I'm going to say to you, Josh, is uh, you got the gift of gab. This guy, Joe, Joe, we're talking behind your back here, <laughs> Joe. Uh, this guy, Joe, I asked him a couple of questions. He was, you know, he didn't even know how to play the game. So I'm, he I'm nervous about it. Right into prison, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget, Joe, forget divorce. He's going to go to jail. <laughs> so, uh, you know. It's it's not easy, Joe, I'm telling you, but a lawyer oh, is expensive Lord. and lawyers are they're playing the lawyer game. They don't no. wanna they don't wanna fight for you too hard because then they piss the judge off and then they gotta basically well, deal. You have a judges. you you got a special I'm t- I've seen these movies with these guys defending themselves. They spend years in the prison library learning the law, you know how it is, and then then by the time they figure it out, the kids are all grown up and they get out and <laughs> That's right. They never in. saw their kids. Yeah. That's right. The judges, well, the judges don't mind the judges Judges don't mind as long as you're following procedure and you're not acting like an asshole and engaging, you know, with the he said, she said. She doesn't right. mind. I'll tell you, the last day, the last time I saw the judge in, in Chicago, I came in because Chicago had finally changed the custody laws to say that the um, the child support laws no longer are. Uh, basically, what they would say is, okay, you got two kids, so that means you're going to pay 40% of your income after taxes. It was that, like, antiquated and, and ridiculous, and they finally changed it. So once I got the split custody, my next filing was, okay, I want to take away child support. It's 50-50. Right. Right. Same cost. She got the same cost. So I did that, and he says, oh, I want to see you in my chambers. And I went, oh, shit, what the fuck did I just do? So I go in there. <laughs> this, is after, this is after two and a half years, and he, he, and he sat down, and he, stu- and he stuck his hand down, and he goes, I just want to shake your hand. He goes, I can't do it in the courtroom because I'm a judge, he goes, but I really appreciate everything that you did. He says, I was, I was pulling for you. And he says, you know, good for you. He says, good luck. And I said, nice. no. And he says, hopefully I don't see you again. I says, your honor, you won't see me again. There you go. There you go. Well, okay, listen, uh, hey, uh, Joe, if you can, uh, you know, pull that off and put yourself through mini law school there, like Josh did, and go online and fill out all these forms, go ahead and go for it. But uh, I am the prize, um, Joe. I am the prize, my man. All right, there you yeah. go, Josh. Josh knows he's been through it. He did it. He represented himself. So, all right, Joe. Listen, let me. Wait know a minute. How it goes. I wanted to ask Joe one more question: Is his wife still seeing the guy she was sleeping with? It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Tell me about oh. it. Yeah. It hurts. Uh, life's me. a bitch, man. I don't mean to laugh, but uh, that's hard. Look, if you don't laugh, you cry, you know. So I mean, at least I you know, got one of these I know. going on. You know? 
Jesus, what a fucking world, man. This poor I don't want to ask any more questions. Yeah, yeah, Robin, <laughs> snack it off. She's going to have you. Robin, you really are. You're going to have to jump off the damn stack. Yeah, guy's going to hang himself. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. <laughs> Oh, hey, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. You got something oh. to say? Listen to me. Whatever you do, do not have sex with the housekeeper and make a baby with her. The judge hates that shit. You, it cost you a lot of money, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The maid, yeah. she's going to try and tempt you. She's going to bend over. She's going to start, you know, dusting. You know, don't do it. There are real sticklers about this, this maid fucking bullshit. Right. It's very There's hard. There's another to tip, have. Joe. Yeah. What yeah. Joe, what he's saying is when when you when your housekeeper comes over, do not fuck her. Or it could cost you the whole case. Well, thank you so much, right. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Thank Just you. Just jerk off. Right, right. <laughs> it's not worth it. Right. Uh, oh my jerk off and then let her clean it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 She's so sexy with the mopping and the vacuuming, (laughs) the sloshing and the sucking. (laughs) It's a turn on, isn't it? You know, every man needs a maid. That's what Neil Young said, right? Get a male housekeeper. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes that can backfire too, but at least try something. Right. Okay. Thank you, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Telling uh, Joe some good about, you know, it's nice to hear you, a big movie star, giving Joe a guy who's down on his luck advice. It's nice. Listen, it's nice I try him. to do the best I can, you know. You know, yeah. I still get hard when I smell the pine salt. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> well, you learned your lesson, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I even like it when a woman, woman passes the gas while cleaning. It's so intoxicating. All the smells. My senses are so strong. Wow. I know guys like you who don't even like when a woman bathes. You want to smell her muskiness, right? Yeah, of course. This is yeah. important. Yeah. You no. want the natural hairs and the natural stank. Mm, <laughs> I love it. My dick gets stiffer than a, than a mop. Right. Oh. All right. Well, listen, Arnold. Uh, thank you for helping me, Use Joe. me to clean the floor. <laughs> ah. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Arnold. All right. Well, there you go, Joe. You, you're a famous movie star. Here's your story, and he, he says, I want to help. Oh, All right, awesome. Joe. All right. Take care. There you go. There's Joe. Thanks. He's having a hard time with the wife. She's fucking and sucking and doing all kinds of shit. And yeah, uh, now she wants yeah. the kids. And Joe's. Uh, you never to hear out. this side, Howard. You know? No. You never no, hear never this. Never do. Side. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. All right. I, I'm going to take a break. I got a lot to get to. <laughs> Led Zeppelin rarely did this song in concert because it was so difficult to play. Uh, John Paul Jones, the bass player, said it was the hardest riff he ever wrote. I didn't even know he wrote that. I thought I thought uh, Jimmy Page wrote all that. What do I know? Fred did. Um, did John Paul Jones write? No, Fred. All right. Talking to myself. Fred's busy. 
Fred's representing himself in court right now as we speak. Is there a reason I can't... Did, oh, Fred died. Oh, I didn't realize. Over vacation. Okay. All right. Fred died, and uh, I missed the funeral. <laughs> Howard Page, Bonham, and John Paul Jones are listed as songwriters on Good Times, Bad Times. Wow. Didn't know that. That's funny. What happened to Fred? Did he actually die? Because no one told nope, me. Still here. Oh. Oh. I, I, Fred is, is um, remote in Ukraine. He is fighting on the uh, Ukrainian side. Yeah, me and Dan rather. Yeah. yeah. Good for you, Fred. What happened? I was talking to you and you didn't answer. I went up to get a cup of coffee. I was a little slow, I guess. Oh, okay. All right. Fred is slow. That's the headline in the New York Post. Wouldn't be the first time I've been accused of that. (laughs) I was going to say, we were all wondering. He's finally willing to admit it. There was a rumor that Fred had died over vacation. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think think Mehmet started that, so thank you, Mehmet. Right. But then we realized Fred couldn't get to the mic because he's in Ukraine and uh, (laughs) fighting against the Russians. Well, that's beautiful. uh, Yeah, Fred is now stationed in the Donbass region, wherever that is. I think it's the dumbass region. Yeah. Was he the guy that knocked off the general? Yes. Fred knocked off the general. He's not going to knock them yes. off. Yes. All seven of them. <laughs> Those are some generals. That's some army, that Russian hey, army. You they, usually don't lose the general. I used to live in fear of the Russian army because I'm a guy who grew up when uh, we used to have these air raid drills. That they, We were convinced when we were kids that the Russians at any point were going to launch nuclear weapons and blow our ass up. So they would have you hide under your desk. They would teach you to crouch down under your desk so you could survive the nuclear blast, which always works. It's weird. I know you're saying to yourself, well, how does that help? Well, they it turns make out. They it sound so devastating, but all you had to do was get under your desk? You crouch under your desk, let the nuclear bomb go off, and then, you know, you dust yourself off because there's a lot of waste and shit flying around in the air, and then you get back to school. But, um, yeah, they, you know, so... Uh, I used to live in fear of the Russian army, but Jesus, what a waste of time because uh, you could see how inept they are. I mean, they're, they're wreaking havoc in Ukraine. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're blowing shit up, you know, and they're a bunch of fucks because what they do is they just lop those bombs in and they just keep blowing up the cities and blowing up civilians and blowing up kids. For what? For, for no I don't know reason. what's worse, having them on the ground walking through because then they just torture you, kill you and rape you, you know, yeah. as they go by. It's horrible. You know, um, I was thinking about the Israeli military. See, these guys have it down. The Ukrainians could learn a little from the, you know, Putin would have been dead already. They would just go figure out a way to kill him. That's how good the Israeli military is. They got this, uh, they got a branch of their government, which is called, uh, what's that called there? Like CIA. Mossad. Mossad. I don't know what that, what does Mossad mean? I just know the name. It means we're going to fucking kill you, especially if you're an ex-Nazi. What they did was... bother us. At the beginning of Israel, there were still a lot of Nazis around from World War II. It fucked things up. So they would just sneak into countries and kill them in the middle of the night. And, um, you know, and they get out. No one even knew what hit them. Um, Or bring them in and, and, you know, sneak them out of the country and put them on trial. Yeah, Adolf Eichmann. Yeah. Yeah. It was a nice TV trial. 
<laughs> and then they hung him. Bastards. <laughs> what they do? They hung him, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I keep reading about this war in the Donbass region, and just horrible. People are suffering, and there's no reason for it. This guy Putin's really. Then some people are saying this guy Putin. They're saying he's got either Parkinson's disease or cancer, and this is his last hurrah, and he's gone completely berserk on all the drugs he's on, but who knows? I mean, who knows? They always knows what's say going that. On? You yeah. know, Hitler was he a must. drug addict who had yeah. several illnesses. Bin Laden was on a kidney dialysis machine in a right. tent in the desert. Meanwhile, you know, he never I, dropped It's it. all bullshit. I don't know yeah. why people say that stuff. Well, they used to talk about Hitler. He would, they'd say, he'd be in a meeting with his generals, and then he'd get down on the floor and start chewing on the carpet. And you read this <laughs> stuff, and you go, really? And these guys, you know. <laughs> Are running the country. Wow. Yeah, they, they, they're listening to him. Yeah. We got guys in this country sitting and listening to you know who. It's mm. unbelievable. All right, listen, um, but I won't get into the political stuff right now because... We're on a mad roll, and people are laughing it up, and they don't want to hear about it. But I do want to mention one guy, Ray Liotta, who's in one of the greatest, if not greatest, movie. You know, there's this long-standing debate for movie fans: is it Goodfellas or is it uh, The Godfather? That's the better movie for me. It's really a tough one because I love both those movies so much. But if I had to only watch one, you know, from Desert Island movie. Desert Island, you Desert Island. If I could only <laughs> take one know. movie, you know, you all know what I would take. Uh, I would take uh, The Godfather, but the 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 Goodfellas is such a good movie, and really Great movie. So, I was reading an article. Martin Scorsese uh, just said in an interview he regrets never having worked with Ray Liotta again. They had some plans. But uh, the project was never, you know, got off the ground. As, believe together. me, that is something I understand. I had this one thing I sold to five different television companies, but we never could get it finished, was uh, Howard Stern, the high school years. And uh, I was just looking at the drawings the other night of the, the figures that we were going to use as me, my father, my mother. Uh, I just couldn't get the right script, and I wasn't going to put it out if it was really great. Same with private parts of the movie. If, it, if I didn't think it was great, I wouldn't have put it out. So I understand when things just don't come together. But Martin Scorsese said, oh, working with Ray was great. And uh, he was such a good actor. And even as he got older, Ray Liotta, he was doing some recent work where people were like, man, he played some scary characters. He's a good actor. And yeah, I even liked him. And, you know, he did that project with J-Lo. When she was doing a TV show, he was in it, and he was so good. I'm sorry, I w I, you said he did a Jello commercial? No, J Lo. Uh, J Lo okay, did a okay, TV you, show. I didn't know Ray Liotta did a Jello. You couldn't believe it because uh, it was yeah. J Lo the cop. <laughs> yeah, I refused to watch J Lo the cop. Yeah, I wasn't going to watch J Lo the cop. I'm sorry, you know. There's, uh, there's a point where I'm just like, really, J Lo's a cop? <laughs> I, I I have a hard time I suspending disbelief when I watch FBI. They got a girl, a couple of girls on there. Oh my god! You know, if I I, I went in the wrong career, you should join the FBI if you want to get laid. <laughs> you should see who's working in the FBI. Oi vey! They got uh, Missy Peregrine. How's how you say her name? Missy Peregrine is that the girl? Yeah, Peregrine. Oi vey! Is she good looking? And then they got yeah. Uh, they got these two girls on FBI Most Wanted, and they got they, it's wild. It's almost like a strip club. These uh, <laughs> FBI shows, 
But anyway, getting back to Ray Liotta, I want to do a little tribute to him. The movie, of course, that we all know is Goodfellas. We love it. He was also, he was 67 years old. And I know to most of you, that sounds like an old fuck. But for guys like me, that sounds young. I, I know. You'll see. You'll get there. Yeah. Died before his well, time for us. <laughs> but, but a lot of people around in the 60s are dropping dead like crazy. And um, yeah. he did a bunch of movies. Something Wild. Field of Dreams. That was which he was in. One. Great Something movie. Wild. But, he was but, uh, amazing in that. When he played Henry Hill in Goodfellas, that was the best. Based on the He true... made Henry You know, when we met Henry Hill, after right. him being Henry in... Goodfellas. It was like, no, Henry Hill is like a great guy. <laughs> you know, you want to hang out yeah. with him. We don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> the real Henry he Hill. Did it so well. The real Henry Hill was arrested on drug charges, became an FBI informant who testified against the mafia. And in 2001, Ray was on our show, and he told me how he had to really fight for the role of Henry Hill. So I chased down Goodfellas, too. Really? Yeah. yeah. I had an audition with Marty, and then it didn't... Uh, he was auditioning other people, and I saw him in Venice at the Venice Film Festival, and I just chased him down there. Wow. I still get scared when I see you. I still think you're like crazy, like uh, Henry Hill, you know what I mean? I, I Wasn't he in just last week, I heard? Yeah, Henry was in. Yeah, the best really thing is, when, when the real Henry laughs, you got that laugh down to a science. I did? Yeah, you really did, because Henry does... You know, that is Henry's yeah, yeah. laugh. Yeah. You know, that's I think he's using mine. <laughs> One of the most famous scenes in Goodfellas is when Joe Pesci threatens Ray Liotta for calling him a funny guy. And Ray's laugh really does cut. He said, no, you're going to tell me something today, tough guy. I said, all right, I'll tell you something. Go fuck your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Bing, pow, you saw the paper, Anthony, my head was up like this. So now I'm coming around, you know, I start to come out of it. Who do I see in front of me? This big prick again. He says, oh, what do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. I thought he was going to shit. Pow, Bing, we actually had the real Henry Hill on our show a couple of times, and we talked about his unique laugh. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> now, you see that laugh? That's the that's laugh. That's Henry. That is Ray Liotta's laugh, man. The same one. That, that's where he got it from. He got it from Henry. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ray, good-looking guy, too. Right, Robin? Oh, uh, a man. You know, like yeah. when you think of a man, he was a manly man. What Robin's saying is like, when you look at me, you see like a womanly man. Oh, and, no, I'm not talking and, uh, about you. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> Piercing blue eyes. Big dick energy. Yeah, right, Robin. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, he had a uh, particularly strong effect on Tan Mom. I don't know if you guys remember this, but it's worth revisiting. In 2012... Tam Mom and her husband were on the show, and she told us that her celebrity fantasy was Ray Liotta, like totally worked up over him. So Sal called into the show pretending to be Ray Liotta, and uh, it was great. And, it, you know, Sal didn't even try to disguise his voice. No, didn't even Sal matter. sounded like Sal, who she right. talked to all the time. How are you? Oh, my Very God. Good. Ray, uh, are you listening to Tan Mom? She's uh, She adores you. Please. And I adore her as well. Stay out of the booths. Please, Tan Mom. My oh, would, my you God. Go down, hey, would you go down on her in the tanning booth? That's her fantasy. <laughs> well, uh, listen, Howard, I don't want to get graphic, but I have my own very special lotion just for her as well. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's you. I love to kiss you Where? and hold you. 
<laughs> I can't explain it. <laughs> and then what? Okay, you know what goes next. I have no idea. You tell have an idea. Mom, tell him. I, I take off my pants. Oh, my God. <laughs> tell me what happens when my erect penis comes out of my underwear. Oh, this is unbelievable. This is unreal. I, I would start you, from the bottom and work myself up. From the balls, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just to be fair, I want to say it's easy to trick someone with a plate in their head, so don't think we're geniuses. <laughs> Wasn't that crazy, though, that her husband was sitting right next to her while she was swooning over Ray Liotta? Didn't slow her down yeah. a bit. Uh, Tamma, by the way, as long as we're going down this path, was really broken up about Ray Liotta dying. We called her to get her thoughts about the news. Just uh, We figured she'd be kind of shook up. Ray Liotta was one of the best actors in Hollywood. One of the most depressing days in my life. So, Give me your top three Ray Liotta movies. Um, I watched Goodfellas, and I forget the other two that I loved. How about your top three Ray Liotta characters? Joe Pesci. Remember at the moment. Right. Joe Pesci, that was a good character. He he played Joe Pesci? <laughs> he did, in the Joe Pesci movie. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Um, yeah, she also went on to name uh, E.T. She loved him in that. <laughs> a lot of people don't know he was in that. Who did he play in that? He played E. <laughs> I'm enjoying uh, Stranger Things. I've been watching that. You I watched my wife. the first couple of episodes, and I was like, wow, this is really good. Yeah, it's great. Well, you're on the first episode. Oh, you're on the first season. I'm I'm talking. Uh, no, no, no. I've seen all oh, of the oh, other oh, seasons. Oh, you have? Okay. Of course. Yeah, the new one is even better than the other ones, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Doing a good job. And it's weird. I was with that. thinking that the kids were going to be too old because I think all the, all of them are married and have children now. It's been so long since the last one. Well, some of them have gotten into that leave it, leave it to beaver thing, you know. Leave it to Beaver. They, you know, when when he got older, Jerry Mathers. I don't know if he's still alive, but, um, you know, he didn't look like little cute Beaver anymore. No, but they and they couldn't really quite get over that. But uh, these kids, you know, somehow they're working them into being older. It's really weird. Millie Bobby Brown, who's so you know pretty and glamorous, when you see her on the Tonight Show. Uh, but uh, in the in the in, at least I've only seen a couple of first episodes. You know, they make her look like um, a schlub. And you know, she, she looks younger, like, than yeah. you see her on the red carpet, you know? So, like, she yeah. still looks like she's good for that role, like she hasn't outgrown it. And you know who yeah. she's dating? See, what I saw before I saw the first episode of Stranger Things this season was her vacationing with her boyfriend. Yeah, Jake Bon Jovi. Yeah. Uh, John's uh, son, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, the little girl uh, from L from Stranger Things. She's all grown up." There you go. Her father-in-law is Bon Jovi. There you go. Well, they're not married yet. I don't. Well, think. let's hope they get married. <laughs> You're hoping good. for a wedding. <laughs> I would love it. I think I'd be invited. Actually, I think you would. Because I know Jake and I know John and I know Dorothea, yeah. so I'll probably be there. 
Um, oh, look who's on the phone. I haven't spoken to him in a while. Gary Audiobook. This is uh, Gary uh, Delabate Audiobook. Yes, Gary Audiobook. My dad was a young guy on the make, and my mom was a young woman with a little bit of sass. When I think of recording each other, I envision the movie Goodfellas, particularly the scenes in the nightclubs. My parents always used to talk about going to the Copa. I also hear my mom imitating her mother, who called my dad the Mott Street Gambler. When he would be coming over, my mother didn't even say his name, my mom told me. She just said, is Mott Street coming right. over? Obviously, Gary Audiobook is talking about Ray Liotta. Uh, yes, apparently yeah. Gary's parents could have been in Goodfellas. Yeah, fascinating book. If you haven't gotten a copy of that, you should try to back order that. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Right. Um... <laughs> so much to get to, <laughs> but I interrupted it with Gary Audiobook. <laughs> oh, okay. I know who this is. Hey, everyone, it's the ex-president of the United States. Donald Trump is joining us. He's uh, He wants to discuss what's happening in pop culture and rating women. He's been kicked off of Twitter, um, you know, so he needs a place to vent. Uh, That's welcome. right. Hi, hi, Mr. Trump. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. With us now, President Trump. Um, uh, hey, President. I like yeah. that term better. I'm always going to be President, Robin. Always from <laughs> well, from beginning to end. Beginning do to you end. feel? Do you feel like you're still president because uh, the election was stolen from you? I'm, I'm. I feel more like the president when I was than when I was in the White House. I'm even more. Really? I'm just growing stronger and stronger. I don't hey, know, I understand it. <laughs> did you do it? It's crazy, uh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and a lot of people believe that you're the president. So they, I know, that's go. the best part. Half the country thinks I'm still president. That's the, right. They send me money. They send me so much money. Right. You get a lot of money. I, I, I read that like you've got like a billion dollar chest, a war chest. of. Uh, you're finally a, <laughs> right. finally a billionaire. Finally a billionaire. So tell me, uh, let's let's keep it light. Let's not get too Absolutely. political. Absolutely. People want to know. I get it. Howard. What did I you do? It. What did you do over the Memorial Day weekend? What was it like for you? Fun. I actually went down to the Bahamas with my two sons, my two sons. The boys wanted to check out a place where you could actually strangle sea turtles with your bare hands for 50 bucks. What a deal. And a lot of family fun. Well, I know your boys are hunters. So you say you can go down there and for 50 bucks, you can strangle sea turtles. You can actually just put your hands around their neck and just kind of crush their, uh, what do you call that, Robin, where the air goes through in the neck? What is that? <laughs> just crush it. Uh, the windpipe. Wind the windpipe. The windpipe. The windpipe. Wind wind Robin was a nurse. So much and fun. What, so much and, fun. And, and now are you back tomorrow? But he tomorrow has lock? three sons. Uh, well, you know, know we, he has. Do I? Do I have another? Oh, yeah, the tall one. The tall one. I forget. Right. I never see. He's yeah. with Melania. He's with Melania. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, how are things going at Mar-a-Lago? You know, we read about this place, this magical place. What, what, what's, I assume you're there now. What's going on? Yes, it is magical. It is magical. And it's tremendously magical because it's a party every night. You know, I'm a Republican kingmaker now. And it's terrific. Terrific. You know, I'm like the Godfather, but without all the murderers and the sleazy Italians who smell like pepperoni. Right, right. No, you really are. It's amazing to me that you've become that. A lot of Republicans, they really want your endorsement. Oh, yes. It's, it's so true. You know, anybody who's trying to win anything. Anything in the midterms has to come to me and kiss the ring. You know, I made Kevin McCarthy shave his pubes and eat them. Isn't so in other tremendous? words, oh. when these when these politicians come down to Mar-a-Lago, 
you will make them do weird things for your endorsement. Right. And it's so gratifying to me. You know, I made Dr. Oz put his stethoscope up his own asshole and listen to himself fart. It nearly blew out his eardrums. It's priceless. These are priceless moments, Howard. I read that uh, Lindsey Graham came down to Mar-a-Lago. Oh, I came up with a good one for him. I forced Lindsey Graham to have sex with a woman. And I still oh. might fuck him over because it's going to be a game time decision on that one. It's going to go either way. Wow. wow. Well, yes. what can, and, you did, what, and you know Madison Cawthorn? Do you know him? Do you know him? No, I don't know that guy. Oh, Madison Cawthorn, I made him ride his wheelchair down the steps of the Lincoln Memorial like a shopping cart and jackass. He crashed into a bush. It was absolutely hilarious. You are something, Donald, the way you oh, Yeah, but make... that guy didn't win, Donald, yeah, I right, don't think. Right, he no, didn't win. Yeah. Oh, I think you're wrong, Robin. All my endorsements won. 100%. I'm batting 1,000. I'm batting 1,000. You say everyone you endorsed won. Isn't that Absolute, Every single person. Look at Dr. Oz. He, it was a squeaker. It was a squeaker. It but was. He a lot of people are calling for gun control after all these horrible mass shootings. What do you think? Well, listen. Listen, Howard. This is a serious matter. Everyone is blaming the guns. The guns, Howard. But what about the doors? The doors. We right. need to take a close look at doors, okay? Well, you can yep. open them and walk right in, all right? Too easy. Right. Too easy. Too easy. To get know. in and get out. You know, doors today, total disaster. Doors in the 50s, so much better. And everyone agrees, believe me. Believe well, me. you're right. They say at the last mass shooting, the door didn't close properly. You're right. The doors are the problem, right? Always the doors. Always look hmm. to the doors. They've been against us from the beginning. You know, I got to tell you, as long as I got you here, some of these shootings were inspired by this great replacement theory where, you know, the white dudes are all nervous that people of color are going to replace them. Have you heard about this? The one where I replace my wife every 10 years with someone younger and hotter? Yes, it's certainly great. So you are for the great replacement theory. You say replace your wife every 10 years. Absolutely. I think everyone right. should do that. And everyone, you know, those divorce guys you were talking to, there'd be yeah. no yeah. divorce. There'd be That's no right. divorce. That's right. Ah. Just you know, this is This is what I love. I love when you're just fun Trump, you know? Me too. Just goofing on chicks, celebrities, TV shows. I have to tell you, it's like being president again. All right, let's get into it. I'll give Perfect. you a couple of things to talk about that people want Good. to hear about. Top Gun, which is, of course, the number one movie at the box office. Did you Tremendous. see it? Yes, and the producers were very, very smart on that movie. They didn't bring back Kelly McGillis. Nobody wants to see that. I mean, like all women, she was a 10, and now, let's say, not a 10. It's sad. It's really well, sad. Well, all right. That's right. Did you, did you follow the Johnny Depp trial? You know what? I have to tell you that Amber Heard is a nasty woman. No one should use your bed as a toilet unless that's what you paid them for. I mean, that's why when I bought Melania, I made sure she was crate trained. Right, right, what? right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't order what? that, Robin. That can be ordered. I'm, I, I'm sure you have an opinion on the Will Smith slap. He slapped the comedian Chris Rock. You know what? Will Smith and Chris Rock are just another example of black-on-black black crime. You know, I'm Team Will. He's the lighter-skinned of the two. Well, I tell you, I, I mean, you play up that race thing, I, I tell you. It's working for him. Yeah, it does. It works every time. Isn't it amazing? Every time. 
every time. time. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, and I think everyone should be able to physically assault the critics, especially CNN. Man, I would beat those fuckers to a pope with my bones. <laughs> well, I never condone violence, Donald. I oh, always... please, please. Look, I'll punch that Anderson Cooper in the stomach so hard he pukes up his boyfriend's jizz. Well, take it easy, Donald. June is Pride Month. Oh, Pride Month. I never understood why gays are so proud. Hey, Mom, look at me. I'm blowing a dude at Gold's Gym. It's sad. It's sad. You feel that sad. You don't think people should be proud they're blowing one another. Well, you know, the Pride Month is really about... Uh, look what I'm explaining. Forget it. I know. I can't, Forget Let it. me switch gears. Let me switch okay. gears. Okay. Because I love it when you rate the women. You are very outspoken about women's appearances. Uh, in these politically correct times, most people are afraid to comment on a woman's appearance. But uh, let's face it, you do not shy away from giving. And you don't think this would hurt his election chances at all? If he did nothing that. would hurt. No, 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 no. Uh, okay, you ready, uh, Mr. Trump? Absolutely. No one rates him like your favorite president. Bring it on. All right. How about Heidi Klum, who I used to work with on America's Got Talent? Well, then you should know this. Whatever you do, don't go down on her. How do you think Seal got all those scars on his face? Oh. A Vader's aid, bitch. <laughs> wow. No, you're saying Seal. Uh, oh, that's my how goodness. It's true. true. It's true. It's a, it's, no. a, it's a fact. It's a fact. You're saying Seal, Seal didn't have those things on his face until he went down on I don't believe that. Come on. What about um, what it's about like over that movie Venom with all the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> what about uh you see robin this is the trump you like you're you're cracking up um, he, what about he used to have uh us in stitches here you know what i'm thinking of as i look at robin she always mm. used to want to be british what about camilla parker bowles who's married to prince oh. charles what how do you rate her well, you know, I have to say i have to say i met her at the kentucky derby she finished fourth oh come on <laughs> what about what about this beauty Emily Ratajowski, the one who was in the uh, the, the music video with uh, Robin Thicke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Emily Ratajowski. Emily Ratajowski. You know what? No pussy is worth learning how to pronounce that scrabble abortion of a name. Pass. Wow. What about, uh, you know who's a great beauty? Gal Gadot. Wonder oh, Woman. Gal Gadot. She's absolutely gorgeous. Now, I have to admit, I'm not thrilled about the whole jewish thing but right. she's one of the machine gun jews not the complaining jew so i'll keep her at a respectable eight right yeah you know she oh was my. in the uh yeah you see robin uh the president the, the ex-president although he thinks he's president he, he still president, he knows, still, president. still president well you've done it donald you gave us uh you evaluated women you were honest with your opinions a lot of them uh these opinions should uh have you thrown in jail? But no, uh, you, you you don't care and you're doing it. And you, don't, you don't worry about the jail thing, right? No, no, no. no, no. You think that's going to happen? You think no. that, that, that's never gonna, they're going to check it out at the last second. You know what I mean? Right, They'd love right. to threaten me. That the, at the last second, somebody will happen. A car will go off the road. You know, a toaster will end up in a tub. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Well, one thing about, about you. One thing about you, no one, no one can argue that you break things down in a way we can understand because most of us are pretty stupid. So thank you I, for that. Howard, I bring people together. I'm not a divider. I'm a uniter. Right, right, right. right. I well, heard well, someone say that he talks like the people. 
So that's I, I why do. I, love I him. talk like <laughs> the people. I talk right. like the people. In other words, so you don't like people, the people, people, but you talk you talk like <laughs> I, the people. I don't like anybody. I don't like people. I don't. I like my family. I love Ivanka. Isn't she beautiful? What a knocker! What a what a knocker! I saw her. But in I gotta go, suit. Harold. I gotta oh, go. go. Yeah. I got okay. I got Mitch McConnell right here. He's gonna gargle my balls and sing the national anthem. Do it, Mitch, or no endorsement. Okay, here I go. Oh, there's Mitch McConnell gargling Donald Trump. More fun at Mar-a-Lago. There you go. Yeah. Wow. That was entertaining. Donald Trump. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that uh, we got to talk to him today. Let's see if there's anything worth going over from the fans writing into us. A lot of people wrote in about Ronnie, the limo driver, and Gary getting COVID. Yeah. The phones are relieved that Ronnie recovered from COVID and can get his erection again. Yeah, Ron, this is some of the notes. Ronnie's dick wasn't his working. He's got COVID, yeah. Uh, that alone should be a PSA for avoiding COVID. Glad you're feeling better. <laughs> Do. Uh, Ronnie's revel was dead. Ron yeah, Ronnie's revelation of being impotent during his Dude. bout with COVID is a true testament to the power of the virus. Thank God Ronnie's cock has been resurrected. By the way, I mean, I got the impression, and maybe I'm maybe I'm out of it, but I thought Ronnie was saying his desire wasn't there, but he didn't say no. his cock wasn't working. You think? He, I even asked him when he was talking about the video that Stephanie sent. Yeah, I said, "Did you try?" And he said, "Yes, I tried." Oh, my dick yeah. was no, dead. Nothing was working. You're kidding, Rod. Like you no. were impotent for a little yeah. bit with the cold. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You mean, in other words, uh, let me reiterate Robin's question. In other words, you like touched it and manipulated it and you couldn't get hard. Nope. Absolutely wow. not. Do you think the COVID got into your dick? And I'm not making a joke. Do you think? Like, I, I don't know if it was the COVID or or the medicine I was the codeine medicine I was taking. I don't. I'm not sure what it was, but it definitely didn't work. <laughs> wow. <Believe> me. Well, <laughs> listen to this, Ronnie. The fans wrote in Ronnie's revelation about being impotent during his bout with COVID is a true testament to the power of the virus. Thank God Ronnie's cock has been resurrected. And finally, I'm so happy that Ronnie and his cock made it through COVID. His perversion brings so much joy to the world, and it would be a bummer to lose him or his cock. So people do love you. <laughs> yeah. My dick and, um, was dead. By the way, Ronnie has been retweeting hot chick pics during the show for Titty Tuesday. So people go, what does Ronnie uh -huh. do during the show if we're not talking to him? He's been doing his uh, tweeting, and Titty Tuesday is going on right now. How many followers no, did, are you up to? No, I did it before the show. Not, oh, did I you? don't do it during, before the show. I, how many followers are you up to? Because really, I would think a lot of guys would follow you uh, just to see Teddy pictures. Like around 218,000, wow. somewhere around there. I would call you an influencer in a weird way. Ronnie the limo driver, right? I think Ronnie would have more followers, but people are afraid to have his feed, to follow his feed. Because like you're sitting in a room and you go to your phone to look at your Twitter and all of a sudden, there's 50 naked chicks on there, and you look kind of pervy. So yeah, I you think can't that open back. that just anywhere. You yeah. No, you open that. Wrong. You open that while you're by yourself. <laughs> Gary also contracted COVID in California at the Bottle Rock Festival. Michael Rappaport, of course, left a vicious message. He was oh, upset okay. about Gary. <clears throat> and um, here you go, Baba Boofy, you dummy! You flew across the country to stuff your face with shrimp and you come back with a disease not a guest 
Not a celebrity, not a rock star, but just more phlegm in your throat. Be surprised you didn't come back with monkeypox, you fucking gorilla. Where's Bruce Springsteen? You come back with phlegm in your throat and a disease. We don't have Bruce Springsteen. But you go on vacation, yapping away like a yenta? What an embarrassment. Where's the guest? We want Bruce, not Slim and the monkeypox, you fucking dummy, you. Dirty, disgusting gorilla with bad breath and a phlegmy throat. Yeah, why are you still working from home, Gary? I mean, you're obviously going to concerts. You go uh, everywhere. He goes everywhere uh, to the office. Yeah, he goes <laughs> everywhere but worse. Have you? How, 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 how many times? How many days out of the week do you go to the office? <clears throat> um, I've been in a couple of times in the last two months, but I can go in. Yeah, go in every day. I mean, this guy, he's sitting at home because he, he, he's because of COVID. Now, I understand, Robin, you're sitting at home because of COVID. I know I am. I'm being careful. This guy, he runs around for every fucking occasion. Uh, he as far go as I can for tell. everything but work. But work. <laughs> I can go to work. <clears throat> All right. So why aren't you? I don't understand. I because I don't I, I go in when there's a gas, but I don't know that there's a huge deal for me. Hmm. In other words, me being in during the day doesn't make that much of a difference. The the other people on my maybe team not to you, but in the to office. me it does. I like you in the <laughs> office. Sure. I like well, you. I was going to ask you how you feel about this going back to the office thing because I've no. been talking to different people and I do know there is a sentiment out there that uh, some people say if my office requires me to be in full time. I'm quitting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just busting Gary's balls. I don't care where he does his work from as long as he gets his work done. But I go uh, back and I have, like I said, I'll right. go in for, I go in when there's a guest on. Yeah. I was talking to uh, my buddy, Dr. Agus last night. I called him. I go, how the fuck do I get back into life? I said, I've managed to avoid COVID. And he was giving me some tips. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, it's crazy. What are the I tips? Got well, I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say what he said. I like him rather to say it himself because uh-huh. I, I'll. I'm not a doctor and I'll screw it up. But I was complaining to him. I said I see some of my friends on social media who are having like indoor parties, fifteen, twenty, twenty five people all hanging out, no masks, and they're you know basically they're living life as though um, there is no pandemic and COVID is out there. So. I don't know. So I, I said, it's got to be some reasonable way for me to get back into life and see friends and stuff. Uh, over vacation, I had my kids with me and we all did the, um, tests. We did rapid tests. We did a little PCR action. We did, you know, whatever we could do to make sure we were all safe. <laughs> were but, you testing every day or you just like, no, just to get no, in? <laughs> no, just to get in the room. And, uh, you know, because we're being careful, but I don't know. I don't know how to get back into it. So he gave me some tips. He gave me some tips for what I could do. And then I said, well, you know, be nice to be able to maybe go out to L.A. and do a show. It'd be nice to go into Manhattan and do some shows. So we're trying to figure it out. It's difficult. Well, I know that Mm. I was talking to somebody who works in a building in Manhattan. And do they have the uh, testing procedure? Some do, some don't. I think no, serious. No, I think they don't have tests at serious. But you, you know, you had to, you had to upload your. You have to be uh, vaccinated. You had to upload that, and you used to have to show that to get in. But I don't even know if you have to do that anymore. That's what hmm, I'm saying. There's so at many. One company I know, they have to test every two days. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just saw Gary's going everywhere, but I know he works from home. So I was wondering what his personal line is. I guess when it comes to work, he's more comfortable at home. But when it comes to entertainment, he's very comfortable going to concerts and stuff. Well, he'd rather yeah. not catch COVID at work is what he's shown us. Right. <laughs> if he's going to catch it, he's going to be catching it, having a good time. Here's the policy. They don't require tests or masks. It's serious. So I don't know. They don't require no. masks anymore? No. Mm. They don't require masks. It's weird. No. I mean, I guess so. Everyone's just saying, well, it's here and we're going to get it and we'll get over it. Hey, Mike, yeah. what's up? Hey, uh, Rappaport here. Listen, the reason why this ape isn't in the office, because the office means work. Okay. Right. <laughs> he can travel around the country, stuffing his face with barbecue ribs and shrimp. Okay. Yeah. But he can't come into work. But but honestly, you have to really think about this, Howard, because then you have to start thinking about civilians and your staff. Because if you do bring him into the office at this point, he's a fucking super spreader. He could probably right. kill you, the rest of your staff and your crew. Then you're might you might be liable. Howard, Howard, and you, you feel, and you feel that, uh, and you feel that Gary has monkeypox already, <laughs> mm, <laughs> or yeah, he's going to get it. Definitely, it's a tough, definitely, tough joke to write. 100%. Tough joke to write. A hundred percent. This guy's so uncreative. First of all, teams, you want to talk about having someone teams, in the office that's just called a mic. mask of you their talk, own. You talk. This guy is a hold on a second. Wet market. He's a right, so Howard, wet market. If you he comes in into the office on six, he's got tissues coming out of everything. Snotting out of his nose, blowing his nose, shaking your hand. That's what he's disgusting. You big tooth gorilla. Work. It's called work. You flew all over the country to stuff. Yeah, I flew all over the country on vacation. I was off. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mike. All right, Mike. Thank you. He, Mike, Mike's getting very upset. I, don't I say want with all Howard, Howard, right. why can't Howard, I say this Springsteen on the show? Well, well Michael, let me, can, wait, I say this? So can I answer this seriously? You know, yes. Gary has reached out to Bruce Springsteen, but uh, Bruce, for various reasons, doesn't want to do the show. Uh, and, uh, we, we don't, hold on. We don't know that. We're he working on it. Oh, Jesus, Maybe the, guy, the guys are fucking relentless. Listen, Howard, I reached out to Howard, him yesterday, Howard, just so you know. Howard, if okay. you it's it's, it's an office, ongoing discussion. If, you want yeah, Mike, Mike, office, if Michael's just going to talk, there. then there's no point. Oh, right. Put Mike. a bed in All right. there. Mike, thank you. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> He's just such an <laughs> asshole. It's a, it's a shame. Um, he was once well, talented and funny. What? By the way, speaking of Bruce Springsteen, come on, Mike's a good actor. you got to give him that. He might yeah, be a pain in the ass. I mean, he plays one part. He's either stupid or obnoxious. Oh. Did you see him as the father on Amy Schumer's show? Yeah. Did it's you like, think like he I was said, great? He's either stupid or obnoxious. He's great in it, but that's that's right. his part. He's either right. the, the 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 lovable uh, moron or the obnoxious friend. That's his parts. Well, anyway, getting back to Bruce Springsteen. First of all, Gary, what was this uh, event? I saw Coldplay was in new jersey and they brought out bruce springsteen and they did two songs together um chris martin and bruce it was just a coldplay show and i guess him and bruce are friends and so coldplay oh. was in the neighborhood and bruce stopped by Boy, he, he looks terrific and I, he's 70 what three bruce 72 i believe son of a bitch i mean he looks like he's working out i don't know how he's working out man i i do one workout and Jesus, you should see it. It's like three pounds and uh, that I'm using for weights. You're up and, to three um, pounds. <laughs> but you know what? I'm exaggerating. One pound. I'm, uh, you caught me in a lie. I was embarrassed. 
<laughs> but all I know is that uh, I am so achy afterwards. And Bruce is older than me. And he looks like he's lifting. I mean, don't you think? I mean, he looks I like he's got muscle. I think he's lifting. And he also yeah. does yoga. He's, does he? Uh, you know, yeah, he stretches out. He's, he's working well, in all the ways he should. I tried yoga. And I got a thing going on now. I can't lay flat on my back. It's very difficult for me. It's crazy. I'm like, I got rigor mortis and I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not <laughs> you even got dead rigor yet. Mortis and you're not dead yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And, uh, what are you talking about? You can't lie on your back. I lie on my back and then my, it's hard on my neck. It's, it's, everything is a mess. Everything is a mess. I would love to do yoga. Well, first of all, Howard, I'm you're not all, in shape. I, you must be trying to do this stuff alone. No, I'm not. You tried yoga with an instructor? Yep. I had a woman come. This was uh, okay, you know, and they the don't pandemic. provide you with the things you need until you Provi- can lie flat. I couldn't even lie flat. She's like, "What am I going to do with you?" <laughs> she was. She left. She left disappointed. She, she couldn't she, even she, work with you. <laughs> she pulled out like it was like a, an episode of the Munsters. They they couldn't get out of the house <laughs> fast enough. But anyway, uh, getting back to Bruce. Coldplay, I guess, is on a world tour, and Bruce joined them on stage at MetLife Stadium. And they did Working on a Dream and Dancing in the Dark. And I got Dancing in the Dark now stuck in my head. Oh. It was really good. I saw it online. You know what they're doing at Coldplay uh, shows? I wonder if they did it at MetLife. They put people on bikes to pedal and provide some some of the power for the show. I don't like that. I mean, listen, if I'm going to pay those prices, don't make me pedal. Are you, are you kidding me? These guitars don't work unless no. you get back on that bike. Yeah, well, uh, come on. Come on. What's the matter with you? Can't do that. Let's go to Mike from Maine. We haven't talked to him for a while and get to a couple of your phone calls. And then hey, I should... Hey, now, and then, I, and then maybe I'll do a phony phone call for you because it's pretty fucking nuts and it's COVID-related. I think you guys will find it entertaining. But go ahead, Mike. Hey, now, Howard. Hey, uh, by the way, I had COVID, too, uh, right right during the break there, and uh, I didn't get a boner for a whole week, and I even tried to one-time jerk off just out of, like, habit, and then nothing happened. I was like, I guess I'm not doing this today. This isn't happening. It took about a week, like a week and a day before I finally got wow. a boner. Well, look, I, listen, I've, I've, I've never had I've never had COVID, but um, when I'm sick and I, you know, and I have a cold and a sore throat and fever, maybe um, I don't know that my dick isn't working. It's just that you don't feel sexual at all. I don't know what Ronnie's talking about. Sometimes he feels sexual when he's sick. Uh, so my dick was dead. Yeah, you, you don't care about fucking when you're sick. I mean, it's one of the few times, you know, men calm down. But these both, the both these guys are both these guys are saying they tried it while they were mm. sick. Yeah, because and didn't get anywhere. Yeah, all right. Well, well, you know how you've got those scenarios where you know, like, oh, this is my time to jerk off. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go jerk off now, I guess. And then, yeah, I was like, I guess nothing's really going to happen. I didn't really even feel interested. I kind of looked at the pictures and was like, this is not fun. I don't want to do this. It was weird. But well, then when dude, I finally did, it was. Like, I don't have COVID, but I'm at an age where there are times I go, hmm. There's a good opportunity to jerk off, and I'm thinking about porn. And then I go, or, you know, I run in the bathroom, I get the the whole thing set up, <laughs> and uh, I'm whacking it, and uh, like taffy, just nothing happens. It's like 
I go, I go, I know I'm not going to come. I might as well not keep yanking on this thing. And I just, I, I, I'm so disgusted. I throw my tissues out that I had all prepared. I, I turn they off are the phone. Unused. Ugh. Yeah. Then I got to, then I got to erase my history on my phone. And it's like all oh, for you don't nothing. Use private bro- you don't use private browsing on your iPhone. That's private. I don't know how to do that. Window. Oh my private God. Private window. Like, yeah, there's a pro- you press private and it just pulls up a screen and it never records your history for you. No, I jerk off the old fish way. Gonna trust that? Yeah, I, oh, I, I jerk off. Rob and I double check it sometimes, but I trust that it works. Trust me. It no, works what I do is I've never I go into history. I select all of the U porn uh, categories and I delete them. <laughs> <laughs> what if you missed one? I mean, you know, there's, not, there's nothing. Yeah. The fucked up thing is we're adults, so there's no punishment if we get caught. But we just I like to keep it that I've never been caught, so I don't the ever reason, want to be caught in my life. The, the, first of all, the reason I delete my history is. I don't like when I like when I'm with my wife and like we're taking a walk and she goes, you know, how much money does Jimmy Kimmel have? I go, hold on. Let me ask you, you know, Siri, how much money does Jimmy Kimmel have? And then like, Kimmel. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, it comes up and then, you know, right there when I pull up Google is porn. I don't <laughs> want her to see that. I pretend to my wife that uh, I don't watch porn. So I wouldn't want to, like, accidentally open up my Google and do a search and then, like, you know, big titty um, milfs, you know, shows up as a category. Uh, so I'm I'm super... I have, I have it down to such a routine when I jerk off that literally um, after I blow a load, I immediately throw my tissues in the toilet and then I take my phone with my filthy hands because uh, I, don't, I don't want to filthy, forget dirty filthy, you don't dirty. wash your hands before filthy. you touch your phone hours there's cum well, stains dude, on, your, on your phone no i don't come on my hands dude okay i'm super so, meticulous I mean, come on you don't just shoot out i mean some of it gets a little bit on like your like it has to get a little bit on your hands i mean you just like no bloater no i'm so listen you know how many years i've been jerking off my whole <laughs> life now i'm an old man I know how to jerk off into a tissue and not get any He's on my hands. A professional. Stop yeah, it. I mean, I put in uh, ten thousand hours. I put in fifty thousand hours of jerking off. This is my, my one thing I'm an expert He's in. A so master. I, I, um, I am a master. You're I'm best, at a master you're, you're level. You're best at that. Better than that radio. I always have three tissues. Two of them I come into. I throw that out, and one tissue is always over the um, the camera, so uh, yeah. it can't oh, see yeah. me when I'm jerking off. And then uh, I pull the camera thing off. And I hold my phone with that, and then I go into the history immediately. I select, and it's really weird with porn. I don't know why this is. You can delete porn. You have to go in a second time and delete it. I don't know how that works. It is crazy because it's still there. I deleted it, and then I go back in, and it's still there. So I go twice. Wow. And then I wash up. But, uh, you know, I had the strangest thought when I was beating off. I'm someone who I, I consider myself racially sensitive. I I really root for uh, people who have been victimized in this country. You know, white. There is such a thing as white privilege. It's true. You know, uh, when you're white, you're looked at a different way. So, well, you know, the I, other person looking at you is white. That's right. <laughs> for the most so, part. <laughs> yes, exactly, Robin. And but I found I am jerking off only to white people fucking. Well, you know um, what? You have said things before that I've tried to point this out to you. You said you used to like those stories in the New York Times where couples would tell their love story. But if it was a black couple featured or some other kind of couple, you didn't have any interest. No, that wasn't it. 
That it was not the what? New York Times. I read all that. I don't care if they're white, black, or whatever. No. When it comes to reading, what was it? I was, I was, I was, I was at a point where I noticed that I like to see white people fucking or falling in love, and I said, "Well, maybe I'm being racist because I've never considered myself a racist. I always thought of myself as a decent person." And when I'm watching stepmothers fuck their stepsons, <laughs> they're primarily white people. Now I'm sure there are now, black primarily stepmothers. All. You've never seen an even an uh, Indian or an Asian. Not really. No Asians. No Indian. It's always yeah. white people. Now, um, <laughs> you know, and it brings up so many issues. This porn, and in a way, it, it really is a reflection on society. Because number one, I know deep in my heart, I don't want to fuck. A stepmother. In other words, let's say my mother had died and my father remarried. You know, do I really want to put my dick in the woman that my dad's <laughs> dick's been in? I mean, this is the woman that blows my father. You, you want to know the God's honest truth? And, and I have issues with my father, but I don't even want to share a spoon with my father, let alone his, a fucking vagina that this guy's been, you know, putting it in. And, and, and so porn becomes the true measure of a man because I'm watching this deviant behavior, stepsons fucking their stepmothers. Now, why do I like that? I don't, I don't want to do that, but there's something about it that is appealing to me and I don't understand it. The same reason why am I watching white people fuck? I'm going to watch black people fuck. I think you need what? to be able You're to make yourself, yourself watch black That's right. <laughs> I am going to force myself. <laughs> Not that. Listen, I am attracted to black women. I I grew up in a black community. I tried to date every black woman there. Um, there was one that I was in love with. This one woman, I wanted her so bad. Her name was Judy. I still remember her name. She had a magnificent afro, like to the ceiling. She walk in the room. She'd clean the ceiling with it. It was <laughs> the highest thing. I, and she was tall. You know, I'm tall. And I worked up the nerve. She knew I was interested. And she said, I would never go out with you. I said, why is that? <clears throat> she goes, you crazy. You're a white guy. Oh, look at it. Take shit in this community. Everyone's black. I said, well, you got a point. You got a point. So it was uh, never. My love was never met. Hold on. I'm having trouble. Ah. Uh, I think I'm getting a cold. <clears throat> uh, uh, do you have COVID? No. I don't think it's possible I have COVID, but I haven't been sleeping. <laughs> so my body's breaking down. But, uh, yeah, you know, and, and the thing is, I really uh, should be watching some black or Asian or Latino porn. <laughs> well, I often find that people think when they're talking interracial or mm -hmm. race relations, they only think black and white in this country as well. Right. Nobody right. ever thinks about the Asians or the Indians or any other kind of people. It's all black and white. We're obsessed. I feel awful. I, I haven't spent. Juice? I've been up uh, since five in the morning and I haven't thought about Asian people once. See, it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, how but, you uh, get up every morning and you think about every kind of people? Mm hmm. It would suck to be fantasizing about a woman, and in your mind, that's not a woman that would be attracted to you, so she's not... Like, it's a fantasy, so I know for me, if I'm... I have masturbated to black women, but I want to make sure that it 
looks like a girl that might actually let me have some, no. you know, relations with her versus some girls like, get the fuck out of here. You're not going to listen. I, I have uh, I've dated black women. Um, now, I would have dated Latina and Asian women, but they wanted nothing to do with me. I've tried. Well, once again, a, it's where you put yourself. Oh yeah, I didn't put myself in you the right neighborhood. Go, you didn't go to an Hispanic no. neighborhood. No. Howard, how well, many women rejected you? Do you feel like Beth is a really good person, or do you feel like she's really naive? Why does she well, love that's, so a good, that's, a, that's a good question, because uh, sometimes I say so to myself, much. I know, I go, how am I so lucky to have this? You know what? Maybe she's fooling me. I mean, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, we've been together. She's oh, you're fooling her. her. Yeah, you I think we. Her, Howard, you've made her believe you're the guy that she actually wants to be with. Good job. I really That's don't feel like amazing. I deserve her. I don't feel I deserve her, and I don't. You know, listen. I feel like the luckiest man in the world. We've been together. I think we're going on twenty five years. That's crazy. Believe it or not, twenty five years. Your wife is so fucking hot, and how old is she? Like almost fifty. I mean, she's a hot, hot woman. Wow. She's going to be. Woman. She's going to be fifty. And, and you know, she. We had a long talk yesterday. It was uncomfortable. She said, about um, what? She said, I'm turning 50 in July. And I said, you know, listen, Bro. I've never, I've never <laughs> fucked it. Yeah. I, I said, I don't, <laughs> she, she even said to me, you, you know, are you going to be able to uh, be with it? She goes, who's the oldest woman you've ever fucked? I go, you. I don't fuck 50 year olds. I'm famous. Uh, what are you kidding? I, I, no, I said to her, I said, you well, listen, man, I said, you're the, if, if fucking 50 year olds is as good as it is with you, I, I don't want to fuck anyone else. I'm in love with the woman. So I'm all about it. I'm all about it. So I'm going to be fucking a 50 year old. So what? So what, Robin? Don't goof on me. Oh, okay. All right. Well, now I have to ask you another question. What about porn? Are you oh, going well, to start no. watching? No. <laughs> only, no, sure mature porn. porn. Can you imagine? I, I put on that you porn and there's a category called mature. How is it? Are you? I go, how many? Porn. They got, I got to see the stats. How many mature? How many people select mature? There's yeah. MILF, 18 plus. There's, um, uh, there's, there's, uh, blowjobs, big titties. You, you, it's unbelievable the categories. Um, fantasy, college, uh, school teacher, Shit, and then, yeah, then you all of a sudden look in the corner and says, mature. And I go, mature. Orgasm. Are you out of your mind? Mature. I, I, I mean, <laughs> what the hell is that? I oh, love you don't even hit the button. You don't go there. <laughs> I don't want no, to I've never, gonna I'm going to tell you something. I've never gone to mature. <laughs> ever. I have. You have? I don't know. Just depending on what the picture looks like. I mean, there's some, like I said, Howard. No, next no. Year, All right, Beth, Mike, what can I do for you? Enough with this uh, porn talk. Thing, though, Beth, Beth would be considered yeah. mature porn. If she did porn next year, she'd be a 50-year-old woman. That's mature porn. Now, you wouldn't is want she, um, porn? Is she, no, she is, A, she's not doing porn. Oh, of course. Yeah. But she would be mature porn. you got to admit that. And uh, one no, last uh, Beth, uh, Beth brought it up. I, I told her about Donald Trump's replacement theory. Every 10 years, you replace <laughs> your wife. But I, I, no, I am so lucky that that woman is with me, and I know it, and I count my blessings every day. I would be very, very uh, miserable without her. And uh, she is uh, the light of my life. So, yeah, I'm going to be uh, banging a 50-year-old, and, uh, and that's it. But you're going to be I'm... fucking a 50-year-old who's actually a younger woman. When did you ever think that would happen in your life? 
I feel you know like I mean? she's like catching she's... up to me. Uh, <laughs> How many more years before you're yeah. the same age, Howard? <laughs> yeah. So, so Howard, have you talked to Jimmy Kimmel? This is totally obvious. This is what I called about originally, but uh, I saw the article Kimmel. that Jimbo, Jimbo's not sure if he's going to continue on with the show, and I wonder if he actually asked you for any advice or if he... You guys are pretty different in your, the way you approach your careers, I think, so maybe he's... Uh, or is he trying to do the Howard Stern thing where he speculates about it and then gets people interested and then re-signs anyway? Like, what do you think? Well, I don't think I've spoken to Jimmy about this topic many, many times. We, we, we call each other quite often. Certainly, I call Jimmy more than I do uh, any other dude. Um, now that I think about it, so we have talked about what he's going to do with his career and his, his, uh, evaluation of life and the uh, industry. And, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discuss it here because he told me privately what his thoughts are, but yeah, I've discussed it with him and I've told him what I think, but you know what? I got to tell you, it's almost irrelevant what I think he knows what he wants to do. And he knows how he's going to handle his life. Now, do I believe him? Yeah, no, I, I told him I that. Said, I thought I heard, I read that he's, what, is he taking the summer off? Yeah, he's got summers off, which I told him is disgraceful, Robin, uh, to take uh, July <laughs> and August off. But I said, let me try ridiculous. that and see how I, yeah. let me see it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> let me see how I feel about that. I was, uh, was going to no. call about this tomorrow, but fuck all the fans that are going to are already complaining about you taking a summer off. You deserve every Listen. summer off. You've earned it, and fuck them all. Look, most guys, I stuff. Fuck them. Let me tell you something. No one thinks of me. You know, it's hard for me to be apart from the audience. This is, uh, you know, I'm, I have a tremendous ego. I'm an entertainer, and uh, my connection to the audience is an important one. And it's a punishment for me to have to take the summer off. Don't think I'm having any. Somebody time makes you it. take the summer off. They make me. They're afraid I'll leave otherwise because I'll burn out. But no, but but in all seriousness, the reason I do it is look, I ain't getting any younger. I don't know how many summers I got left. I, I'm reading about Ray Liotta, fucking guy, sixty-seven, drops dead. And wasn't he just engaged? I think he had just gotten engaged. Yeah, he was in love, and he was thinking of marrying this woman. They just Man. got engaged, and boom. And I got to tell you. It's true. I don't do as many shows as I used to, but I still try to. We do, uh, I think we're doing about 112 shows a year. And I got to tell you, it's a, you know, it gets harder on you the older you get. So I'm trying to come up with a, an algorithm where I can stay in the game and be with you guys and do my thing, but also a schedule that gives me some time with the kids. My girls are getting older. There's a lot, uh, you know, that I'm missing out on. I've missed out my whole life because of my devotion to the audience. I, I really have been devoted to my audience. There were times in the 90s, uh, certainly when we moved to Sirius in the 2000s. Uh, I work nonstop. Uh, I really do. And I do, we do multiple projects at a time. So I'm trying to, uh, you know, I don't want to be laying there on my deathbed going, ah, fuck, maybe I should have taken one summer off or something like that. So yeah. that I could spend some time with my wife and spend some time, you know, I've been doing this a long time. So, look, I'm eating sea moss to be here. Yeah, I mean, Robin is rubbing whatever that is, sea moss yeah. on her face, trying to somehow maintain uh, her her life. I and, eat it um, too. I, I'm doing yeah. everything I can. 
Now, when I was a younger man, shit, I could do, uh, you know, I could do this in my sleep. And you could do a go. movie and this show and, and, the, and you know, a, a TV show. You could show. do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm like a fucking mess. So I'm trying, you know, I've had a few issues, not as serious as Robin's, but I've had a couple of things and, you know, I'm fucking petrified of dying. I'm trying to stay in the game. So. Yeah, I know. I, I'm sorry. That, you know, I wish we could do more shows. But wish, you know what? I was looking at the podcast world. Jesus Christ, we do way more shows than most of these. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they they show up when they want. But of course, you know, a lot of those are free. I understand. I'm trying to stay in the game and give you guys a quality show. I hope we uh, we hope we make you happy. Um, I still like well, doing you, it. You guys always have old shows on the Sternthology, and there's always Howard. I've been listening to you since what 2003 or four, and I've I'm still hearing segments and bits i never heard uh what, what was the yeah. one? Did you guys really fart who who was the oh dick clark did you really were you guys actually farting in the studio when dick clark was in the studio and he absolutely was promoting all right because i couldn't tell if it was one of those radio for the mind kind of things or if you actually were no farting, no no like, no we we had to fart. Face, the, but, the uh, fcc so awesome. if they caught us in a lie doing fake farts in front of dick clark we would have probably been put in prison uh -huh. uh, no <laughs> there's a law about that yeah yeah <laughs> But, um, I was laughing so hard. I'm like, I've never heard the story where you guys made Dick Clark take the farts for uh, for, for for plugs or whatever it was. It was almost, it wasn't quite the gas chamber, but he was in the same room with the farters. And we like, got so much, we got so much material on these channels, and we have a whole bunch of specials coming up. We're going to keep you busy. Don't worry. Oh, and every every night together. at midnight, there's a fucking every night at midnight. You guys replay a mystery guest segment. Mystery guest. I wish you next year. So fucking fun to wonder who the mystery guest was and like. Uh, it was mm, awesome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I think, right. Jimmy, uh, I think Jimmy would be smart to do whatever you tell him to do, but obviously he's his own man, so... All right. Thanks, um, Mike. All right. Bye-bye. Love you. That's a, uh, enough with him. I mean, uh, it was, it's enough. That's it. I've seen enough of that. Right. Right, Mr. Cosby. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that's that. Um, well, anyway, listen, we're going to be with you, your pals. I know why you want me here. I'm the man who uh, brought you tribute to vep to breasts, and everybody loved that. Remember on TV, I brought tribute. I was the first to do it. Now everybody yes, tries. I to don't do think it. it's been done since. <laughs> it hasn't. I was reminded the other day that uh, I was speaking with uh, Mark Cronin, mm -hmm. our old. Pal. Oh, how is Mark? Mark's great. I didn't actually speak to him. We emailed each other, okay. um, but. And uh, we were talking, and he said, you know, one of the reasons I'm always eternally grateful for you, I was a uh, an engineer, and no one would hire me to write comedy. And you hired me, and uh, you let me, you tr entrusted me with uh, a tribute to breasts to to whip it into shape. I said, that's right, you did a fabulous job. And he said, I knew that I was getting somewhere in life when you turned to me on Butt Bongo Fiesta and you said, do you think it's possible to follow up tribute to breasts with a tribute to vagina? <laughs> and uh, I said to him, I'm going to entrust you again with tribute to vagina. And uh, Mark came through and he cites this as probably the greatest highlight of his life. When I turned wow. to him and said, you know what, pal, you've earned it. Tribute to Vagina is yours. I guess so. Yeah. I didn't know those kind of high-level 
conversations were going on. You don't, you wouldn't believe this. Mark Cronin writes me. I'll tell you how this all started. He writes me. Usually if I see my, in my inbox, if there's something from Mark, I delete it. I don't even read it. But, uh, but, uh, he writes me. He says, I, I want you to know I'm delivering a speech. I don't know where he, it ain't Harvard, but he's delivering a speech somewhere to like a graduation young, speech or something. Not graduation, but it's some sort of where people get up and talk about the greatest influences in their life. People who have made oh. a success of their life. Mark, okay. by the way, is very successful in reality yeah. television. He went out to California after he worked for me and he started doing reality TV. He formed a company. Made uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in uh, business for, for VH1 and other and Bravo. He's got a show now that's a big hit on Bravo called uh, Below the Deck or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see yeah. that every once in a while. Yeah. He, he wrote me. He said, would you watch it, please? And he goes, uh, you know, I go, no, I'm not watching that. Well, so, it anyway. really is. It, it would be up your alley because these it people is. get on a ship. And they're the kind of people that are just obnoxious and yeah. terrible to people who are trying to take care of them. You'd yeah, love Beth it. and I, <laughs> Beth and I are starting to watch it. We can't wait, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm, I love all that shit. So anyway, he, you know, he goes, "You'll really like it." But anyway, he tells me, he tells me in this email, he wrote a speech because I am the greatest influence in his life. That I ah. was the one who started him in the business and gave him all these opportunities, and it was so flattering. This uh, speech, he sent me the speech he, he that he's going to deliver. Speech. Oh, how nice. And I read it, and I said to my wife, you got to read this. Because I said, Jesus, you know, who knew? And I said to my wife, I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, but I'm thinking of calling Mark Cronin to say <laughs> how moved I was by this. Oh, and she no. Was like, so she was like, well, I think that would be nice. I was like, what? I said, you know what? I think he's on the West Coast. I'll call him now. He'll probably, you know, I'll probably get his voicemail. That way I could leave him a message and then I don't yeah. have to talk to him. <laughs> so, uh, always thinking. That's always th <laughs> uh, this is why I could burn out because my brain is always on fire with ideas. <laughs> so I pick up the phone and I said, I'm going to call Mark Cronin because this is the most beautiful speech I ever read. You know, how I influenced him on tribute to breasts and tribute to vagina and how, uh, you know, I all these things. I wonder who this audience was. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You know, and it brought a tear to my eye because, you know, uh, these were great ideas that I had. <laughs> so I I call and my fingers are crossed, my toes are crossed. I said, oh, please <laughs> let the voicemail pick up. And sure enough, I hear this. Hey, it's me, Mark Cronin. Hey, everybody, just leave me a message. Beep. I go, Mark, I am moved. And I, and I, and I, I poured my heart out to him. I said, this is really, this is really touching what you did. And he's smart. He knows me. He wrote me back after he woke up and got the oh, voice. Oh, he didn't call you. No, he, he wrote, wrote me an email. You. He said, Howard, I know enough not to call you back. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got my cell phone and you got the voicemail. And, uh, just know that I, I had a tear in my eye when I listened to your voicemail. So we had a very nice, uh, and yeah, yeah, he was the guy. I said, you know what? You're coming along as a writer, kid. You, uh, you're you going to do Tribute to Vagina. You did a nice job on Tribute to Breast. <laughs> and who, who doesn't remember Tribute to Breast? <laughs> uh, 
I remember on Tribute to Vagina, which was the follow-up, didn't we actually travel inside a vagina? We were in a vagina, yes. What we did was we shrunk ourselves. And um, there was this fabulous movie years ago where a bunch of scientists have to go save a guy's life. So they shrink themselves and they travel inside his body. In a, in a ship. Yeah, fantastic and voyage is what That's it. right, something like that, yeah. And uh, so on uh, TV, we have, I shrunk Robin, myself. I believe Fred was in the vagina, too. And, <laughs> and we rocketed inside, and we made a trip into the vagina, and we learned about the vagina. I remember we were in it, and it was a very wet vagina. <laughs> And there was shit well, dripping what? You're going to make a tribute to a dry one? <laughs> uh, no. It it, this, was a, this was a very turned on woman. Whose <laughs> vagina was it? I don't even remember. But I don't either. I don't know yeah. what was wrong with the vagina that we were in it. <laughs> but we had to fix it. They sent us in to fix it. It was great. Anybody remember tribute to vagina? Does anyone remember laughter? <laughs> I believe it was uh, Jessica Hahn, Howard. Was it Jessica Hunt's vagina? I don't remember I, that. I, I, that's my memory of it, but uh Oh wow. I wonder it was wet. Was I don't think it was wrong. Woman. I think we were just going to explore it and, and oh, uh, uh, see all the parts inside. Yeah, I don't think there was okay. anything wrong with it. Wow, okay, we're just even... touring the vagina. That's a wonderful thing. She was a lot of fun, that Jessica Hunt. Oh, great my. great lady, great sense of humor. Um what is this? There's an app that will send your call right to voicemail. Richard uses it. You're kidding me. Is I that what that. Mark Cronin did to you? Uh, no, that's what I did to Mark Cronin. <laughs> You're saying I could call you, Richard, and it'll force it to go to voicemail? Right to voicemail. Yeah, it's called Slide Dial. Oh, Tell yeah. me how that works. That's genius. Uh, you just, you just, it's been around forever. I think it was a, maybe a website first, but you put the number in, then you just press dial, and it connect. It says something, and then sends you right to their voicemail. You don't. Wow. Nobody. Will, you know they don't have the option to pick up. Mm. How many times a day do you use that? Uh, not every day, but quite a bit. I mean, you know, my problem is if I get on the phone with somebody, I won't stop talking. I'll be on there for oh. an hour. So <laughs> I leave oh. a lot of voicemails if I have to, because I'm very chatty. I can't do it to save myself. Right. You know, but, who, uh, yeah, who knew it's he perfect had that for problem? you. Oh my God. <laughs> I, uh, well, think about it. Imagine him being on, I've never called this guy once. I can't imagine how horrible it would be. <laughs> I mean, we actually hey, have, we hey, have Howard. talked, we, we have did? talked on the phone, but yeah, I think you put it out of your memory. Yeah. When did <laughs> I talk I, to you? Oh, it was like 2005, probably. I remember. Well, we never set, happened my wife, again. My wife and I were in Central Park on like a Sunday and I called to see if you were around to hang out and you, I think oh. you thought I was nuts. <laughs> oh my God. How did you even have my number? Uh, you gave mistake. it to me I years did? ago when I and first And you started called working. me and said, I, do you want to hang out? Yeah. I, I should have fired you. <laughs> <laughs> you were very nice. Like you, yeah. you, you know, it, it went to some kind of thing where it screened me. And then it got through to you. Yeah. I used to have you're... a, uh, I used to have this thing called, uh, what the fuck was it called? Shit. Wildfire. Wildfire. Yeah. Um, and you, you had it. Wildfire was essentially my secretary and she would like, go, what is your name and why are you calling? And then mm -hmm. she'd call me and go, 
it's Richard Christie. And then I would go tell him I'm busy. But for some reason, I must have picked up on you. You must have thought it had some kind of a work yeah, probably. Uh, relation. Yeah. He fooled me. And, and you <laughs> must take that phone call on a yeah. Sunday. You thought it was Richard Chamberlain or somebody else. Uh, maybe. No, I, I know it was you, but you pro- I probably thought you were calling about work. That was back in those days when I thought you did something. But, <laughs> I always uh, do something. I know, I know. But I can't imagine what went through your mind, Howard, when you discovered it was a social call. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know what? I would, I'm going to get that app because I would call a lot of people if I knew I'd go right to their voicemail. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it sends you right there. You know what I enjoy? I do this with David Spade. Uh, he'll get in touch with me, but he talks into his phone and you get a voice message. You know, he texts it to me. Oh, and then I, right. Yeah, yeah, I hate texting, so I voice back to him. And then we do a couple of jokes, blah, 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 done. And that's it. That I like. Howard. That's much better. Yeah. You you know what Spade does that's even more interesting? And I don't know if he does it with everybody, but he's done it with me before. After you listen to it, it disappears. No, no, no. You've got to um, put save on it. You can save it. Oh, I didn't know that. They they go away. I, I know. I don't save them. <clears throat> we were talking about the MTV Awards. He was telling me some funny shit. You know, he was there. Who was that girl, by the way? He was sitting, he was presenting with. She was beautiful. Um, Sarah uh, Shahi. Yeah, Sarah what, Shahi. what's her story, JD? I'd have to go. She's on some TV show. I got to Google her real quick. But, uh, Spade uh, is telling me she's someone on some TV show called Sex or something, and they have yeah, sex. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. Sex Love oh. or something like that. It's like I sex would watch that. Love. Um, I'd love yeah. to watch her have sex. <laughs> is that I, I what think, it is? I think yeah. that's a show about like a married woman who like fantasizes about being with someone else or something. I get Gary knows. Oh, I guess. is that I the one it. where oh, she's Gary married to some excited. guy and she used to yeah. have this boyfriend that was really exactly. hot or something? Here's the deal, Howard. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I heard it had a lot of sex in it. I started to watch it. The sex scenes are fucking great. Right. And when they're not sex scenes, it's the worst show in the world. So I just kind of fast forward through it. It's kind of like almost like watching softcore porn. But yeah, the I watched a great. couple of episodes and then I never went back because of all the arguing. Oh, yeah. and oh I don't want guilt and she's married. all kinds of crap. Yeah, she's married. You know she's what I'll do? Kids. I'll go on Mr. Skin. He's probably yeah. got all the sex right. scenes. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Gary's yeah, like my our guy. Mr. Skin. <laughs> yeah, Mi- Gary's a big Mr. Skin guy. Every once in a while, I remember that I have a free uh, subscription to Mr. Skin and I go on there. But I never I get you know what? What's that, that girl's name? I'm going to look her up. JD, Sarah, send me a note. Sarah Shahi, great nudity. I'll even uh, send the Mr. Skin link. You just send me the link. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How I much does she show? More than titties and ass? Does she show vagina? Uh, burger. Let's see. Top scene, sexy lesbian underwear are skintastic in the sexy scene. Uh, nude breasts, but nude lesbian breasts. Yeah. Nude lesbian breasts. Wow. Yeah, Sarah, yeah, like gives us a, Sarah gives us a sweet <laughs> shot of her double barrels in the back. Then buns of plenty while, while strolling around with a towel. What was the last one? Say that again. <laughs> then buns of plenty while strolling around with a towel. <laughs> He's got away with words, uh, Mr. I love it. Does. He's a poet. <laughs> 
I like that, like, you know what? She probably went to, like, acting school and shit. And now it's like... <laughs> yeah, we're she just, went to we're, Harvard. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, Yale drama. And, like, we're just like, you know, the show kind of blows, but when she's... You know, Mr. Skin will have all the good scenes. Howie, he sends out he sends out an email blast, like, every... Probably twice a week, right? Right. And it's like, if it's 4th of July... It's like, you know, nudity for, with a, with a flag. If it's football season, it's like nudity for cheerleaders. Like he can think of something for anything. Oh, he do themes you, everything. This, do you everything. ever, do you ever beat off to, uh, Mr. Skin? No. Me neither. No, but it's I like, do like, I just like looking at it. It's for me, it's like, it's literally a reference point. If I see a girl in a show and I think she's hot, I go to Mr. Skin and see what she's done. Yeah. I guess she was in the, you know, uh, she was, oh, was in the she? too. Yeah, here's so a, here's she, in this in this show she's doing lesbian and dudes, right? Yeah. Uh, hold on one second. I've uh, seen oh, the fuck. episode where she was making out with a friend. Actually, I don't with know a lesbian. Sex life, sex life. That's what it is. Nude. Yeah. I, I know she doesn't have any. I don't see any clips or whatever. But uh, here for the L word, there's one thing. Hold on. <laughs> uh, oh, where the fuck well, where are it? these lesbian breasts? If she's there not doing anything, Sarah shot. <laughs> And this one, Sarah Shahi gets Kat to try on a fluffy dress, but not before we get a great look at the awesome, <laughs> at the awesome upturned boppers <laughs> sitting on her. <laughs> How old is that? Boppers. Sitting, yeah. <laughs> He's sitting running out of names for breasts. Uh, Sarah, no, he has a whole team of Sarah's, people. That it says here, stuff. Sarah Shahi is a former Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. I know. Nice. Yeah, well, I said to Spade, whoa, who you present to? He said that she's like, I think she's engaged or something to one of the dudes from the show. You know, they did a love scene and they think they're in love now. Mm. Stupidest thing you could fucking do. Refer them to the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trial. They fell yeah. in love on set. Yeah. If you fall well, in love on set. Everybody does a turnout like them. Not everybody yeah, turns out like They pretty much them. do. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the set, you know, having done a movie, I got to tell you, the set's a pretty romantic place. Everybody caters to you. Everyone treats you like a superstar. And all of a sudden, you're with your, you know, all these beautiful bruds. And you're like, holy mackerel. You, you know, and you start to think you're somebody because this camera's trained on you every fucking second. You got to be careful. Why do they have game. to be broads? You love those women. I love them. I love those women. <laughs> I do. Nah, they're beautiful women. And listen, she's a beautiful woman, Cyrus Sashi. I'm sure Spade was scoping her out. I don't know what his status is, but, you know. My boy loves a pretty woman. <laughs> well, yeah. Sarah Shahi, huh? All right, I just sent you an email. Wait, what's in the email? The link? Just the, the link. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so know she you, Mr. Skin. Go. No, I got, I, no, I'll probably just look up the name because I, I got to go You've on You've never, Google. uh, yeah. applied for that subscription. Have no, you? I got, I got a free subscription. He gave me one. So I got a yeah. set up on my, uh, my system where it's, it automatically puts in the password. Oh. I think you're pretty you. fucking pervy if you've actually memorized your Mr. Skin password. So, <laughs> right. You look know. at you. I think it's pretty pervy if your computer does it for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, well, Robert, it also does Chase Bank for me as well, so it, you know, it doesn't discern. Sarah Shahi was born Ehu Jahan Sasashi 
to an Iranian she father. Work under that name. <laughs> yeah, Arahu. To an Iranian father. Oh, he must be thrilled with her running around naked. Iranian father and Spanish-Iranian mother in Texas. Yeah. These things happen. What up, Ralph? Hey, now, you have to watch that show. I, I emailed that you a while ago, that one with Sarah Shahi. She's, I don't know what Gary's talking about, because she's naked 80% of the time, hmm. and she's a dirty, dirty girl. Like, wow. Well, some of the nakedness and sex is fantasy, and then sometimes she's supposedly doing it with a guy. Who, who knows? Who cares? Right. She's like an 11, and she's just naked all the time. It's great. She was also in The Sopranos. Like, she was uh, one of, like, the, some girl Tony Bang in Vegas. Uh, right. So, yeah. So she isn't like the Khaleesi who, after one season, all of a sudden put her clothes back on, right? Oh, no, 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 no. You have to probably pay her to put her clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Great show. Great show. All right. Thank you, Ralphie. There you go, yeah. Ralph, telling me to watch the whole thing instead of just do the Mr. Skin. All well, right. you probably could. Yeah, it's sex life on uh, sex life. Netflix. Tony uh, from Delaware is on the air. Go ahead, Tony. Hey, Howard. Actually, relocated back to New Jersey. We got back together. But anyhow, she's married to Steve Howie, dude that played Kevin on Shameless. She's been in all sorts oh, of shows. First that's what Spade was telling me. Because I go, Spade, who's that girl you presented oh. with? And he's like, oh, and he goes, well, you know, she, I don't know, she's on set and she married some dude. And you know, <laughs> I got the abbreviation. You know, he's like, he's like, oh, I didn't waste my time with her. He's um, a pretty good shape. She's married to she's Steve married Howie. To. You, you know, she's cutting loose in real life, married to that dude. <laughs> what, what, what? I don't understand that comment, but <laughs> what? Okay. Steve Howie is a pretty, outgoing guy will say so i'm sure he's banging the hell out of her what are oh. you saying you are you friends so. with him you know him i think what he's saying is his character on shameless used to bang like crazy so he's confused that with that what the yeah. guy's like in real no, life no. well in in real life he seems like a similar guy not quite as out there as kevin but i've seen interviews in the way he the dude's talks. An, uh, he the like dude's an actor i mean you know who knows what he is but you know what i'm sitting there i'm jealous that his last name is howard Steve Howie. I wish my last name was Howard and I had a cool first name, but what are you going to do? John Hines here with a report. What's up, Johnny? Howard, I, I had to break in with an update. Uh, Sarah and Steve got divorced in January of 2020. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. There's so much going on, I can't hear you. Go ahead. What'd you say? <laughs> Sarah got divorced in January of 2021. So she is no longer with Steve Howie. They have three kids, but they are no longer together. Uh, so what? what's Spade talking about? I don't know. Maybe she's still telling people like Spade she's married. Aww, <laughs> maybe the ladies maybe love Spade. Spade I, <laughs> maybe Spade and I smoke too much weed. All right. There you go, Tony. Have a good Thank you. There you go. Steve Howie. John with the update. They're no longer together. She's on the market, dudes. Yeah. Go for it. Don't know why she didn't tell. Hmm. Spade. All of a sudden, his name went right out of my head. Spade. Yeah. Well, hey. Can happen. I've been talking for 17 hours. It can go <laughs> out of your head. Right? Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, while Richard was here, I was going to play his latest phony phone call, but. I'm back. I was, yeah, I was going to give you a little, uh, you know, oh, a little you. bow, a little, a little, a little big applause. A little love. Moment. Thank you. A little man. love. Yeah. Thanks yeah. so much. 
Just don't yeah, call we me. Found, uh, we found some characters on the radio. <laughs> Jeez, you know, you guys, I can't believe you found this radio show. This fucking guy that hosts the radio show, he's one of these uh, COVID deniers, but he's so... <laughs> excuse me. He's so... <laughs> Now See, you were gonna say what about him? <laughs> the cool, the cool thing would have been if I just kept going, but you were laughing so hard, I, you made me laugh. Uh, I just threw up. Anyway, <laughs> this guy that you found—I don't know how you found them, Richard. Well, we were calling them for something else. Like we had another idea, and then we heard them talking about COVID, and we we're like, "Oh my God, we gotta talk to these guys about COVID because they're wild." Goldman. Is this dude? Is this dude on the radio or is he a podcast? On radio, on you really know, like uh yeah. Well, they have a a radio show in the afternoon, and that's where we heard the guy talking about COVID. And he said, "Oh, we'll talk more about that on the morning show." So then we were like, "Well, we got to listen to this morning show and see what these guys are talking about." You got to be kidding me! You're telling me there's an open air radio station where this anybody guy is can on? dial it in. And yep. this guy is get the company is allowing him to go on there and talk about how COVID is bullshit. <laughs> I guess. Wow. Yeah. Boy, they got balls. I tell you, I like the the FCC went after me because I'm talking about sex, something we all do. Right. But they don't go after somebody sitting there telling you COVID is not real. Unbelievable. Either they've got balls or no money, Howard. Right. Yeah, we might be the only listeners, me and Sal. So maybe they're just <laughs> nobody knows. Well, anyway, certainly COVID is real. Uh, and when I hear these people deny the existence of COVID, I go nuts. But uh, all right, here's some dude who's, uh, I guess you call him a conservative radio show host. I used to actually like conservatives, but I, I think the guy's just off at the office rocker. You can't call him crazy, huh? You got to call him conservative. Yeah, they, the new crazy is conservative. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, the idea here, Richard and Sal heard this, as you just heard, and they, they wanted to see how far the host would go with his COVID denial. So Ooh, first, okay. Sal, let me play this for you. It's crazy. This is really crazy. It's worth listening to. First of all, Sal called the show and asked for advice on attending a family reunion without being vaccinated. Listen to this guy's advice. Hello. Hello. Yes, Hello. go ahead. I need your advice on something. I'm going to a family reunion in Florida. Uh, there are some, my aunts and uncles, they're up there in age. Some have compromised immune systems. They don't want me there unless I get vaccinated. And I'd like your opinion on what I should do. First of all, it's not a vaccine. They had to change the definition to meet, to make it meet the definition of vaccine. So it's not a vaccine. What I do know is COVID does not exist. It was a term made up for any kind of sickness in the world because they don't have a diagnostic test to test for it. It's all about control. All that is bogus. Remember from the beginning, we were told don't go to any of these things. And one of the biggest super spreader events in the world are weddings. Stay away from weddings. You know how many weddings I've been to and hugged everybody there the whole time? Like a hundred or more. Hello? Well, you know what? Based on you and what you've had to say, you've educated me. I was, I have to be honest, I was on the fence about masking up and, and getting the vaccines, and uh, you've made it clear what I need to do. And I will go to this family reunion. Go. Go for it, man. I may go with you. Boy, this guy, uh, for a guy on the radio doing tradio, I mean, he's pretty <laughs> confident in his scientific. And first of all, well, he did I love his own tests. He well, went to a couple of weddings. 
He went to a hundred weddings. First of all, what does he work for a catering company? What I don't do you know? think that's true. I'm uh, calling bullshit on that. <laughs> how does he have time to work? Like, is he <laughs> weddings all the time? You know how many weddings I've been to? Like a hundred, a hundred. Who do you know that's getting married? He's, the, he's just one of those guys who crashes yeah. other people's weddings because he couldn't have been invited. I, li- I live on wedding cake. <laughs> no, he's the little guy on the wedding cake. No one has been. I don't think anyone has been to a hundred weddings in their entire life, in unless they life. work, unless they're like the wedding singer or something. Yeah, or <laughs> they're exhausting. caterers, or they're something. Yep. They're in the business. All right. or a preacher. So, now, so the plot continues. So Sal called in from the reunion to thank the hosts for their advice. Now the whole time he's coughing and he's sneezing all over his grandma throughout the call and. And do you think the host would change their advice or at least say maybe you shouldn't be? Just listen to this. It's crazy. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, good morning. I spoke to you last week. Remember, I asked you about going to my family reunion in Florida. Yes. How'd that work out for you? (laughs) Going fantastic. I'm here with my grandma right now. Great. Hi, guys. Well, good morning. (laughs) Thank you for convincing him to come. Good Lord, you sneezed right in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry about that, Grandma. Live it up. Oh, I'm living it up, all right. Good good to hear, good to hear. <laughs> Just feeling a little fatigued and short of breath and some muscle aches, but it's probably the weather. Oh, I'm so glad it worked out for everybody. I wish I was with you. <laughs> yeah. Grandma, what are we doing next? Well, we're going to bob for apples. <laughs> Y'all are having a great time. Oh, I'm having a great time, but now I'm starting to have some feverish chills. It's probably just allergy. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm thinking. <laughs> Man, take care of those allergies. Hope it's allergies. But if it's not, he's going to get blamed for something he didn't do. Yeah. That's the way this whole thing has worked. Uh, okay. Right, God Thank you. All right, now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So then things get even worse. Sal calls from the hospital where grandma's health is declining rapidly. And uh, these hosts are sticking to their story. It's unbelievable. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Phyllis. How you guys doing? Oh, quite well. What's What's going on with you? Well, I wish I was doing better. You see, I'm now at the hospital with Grandma. She's short of breath and achy. And to Uh, no surprise, the doctor uh, says we shouldn't have gone to the family uh, reunion. And she probably caught the COVID. Oh, no, COVID doesn't exist. Mm. And I, I just knew that happened if you went to a doctor. Uh, <laughs> thank God for you. These knucklehead doctors <laughs> said we should be listening to the CDC. The CDC is one of the most crooked organizations in the world and has been for decades. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, God, Grandma's getting a little dizzy. Everything's gone black. Maybe they'll get her on that ventilator. Oh, mercy. Okay. That's not good. No. I could use the convenience of them breathing for me. Oh, okay. Okay, Grandma. We'll turn the air conditioner up and call us in the morning, okay? She just passed out. Okay. Okay. Tell, all right. Call us back. Give Call us, us back. Update. All right. <laughs> grandma, Call we hope back. you get better when? soon. Uh, grandma, so, so, uh, you know, like, why trust doctors who went to school for 50 years when you can and take the if, word of, if, of a guy from... Tra- sending... Oh, go ahead. If, but no, I'm saying, you know, why take the word of a guy... Why take the word of a doctor when you can... You know, get the word of a guy who works for Tradio. I, I would go with the Tradio guy every time. 
I love his advice. But, Turn the but, air you conditioner know, he's up. Also, <laughs> he's also maligning the CDC. This is his government. How yeah. did some crazy group get hold of the CDC and become corrupt and everybody's still listening? Here's the final call. Sadly, Grandma died. And uh, I'm hoping the hosts would have some second thoughts about their advice, but they stick with it the story. It was just her time. What happened? Was, yeah, but here you go. <laughs> Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, fellas, it's me, Fred. I pulled you last week from the hospital, and unfortunately, Grandma died. We're sorry about Grandma. I think it's terrible. Yep. We buried her today, and that quack doctor who took care of her said that he's going to write the cause of death as Corona. On the death certificate? Yep, on the death certificate. I mean, it's, it's insane. Yep, it just tears me apart because for all I know, she could have died of food poisoning. She had some bad quiche the night before, and I think that might have done her in. Mm. That, see, that's what gets people so tore up. People like you, they say, how can you say that? I've had family that died of COVID. No, you haven't. It was said that they did. I had eight family members, just like you just said, that said to have died of COVID. It's pitiful. Well, I'm just glad that she agreed with you that I shouldn't get vaccinated like Fauci suggested. And I... Uh, well, I think he's a weasel. He belongs in prison. He's a he's an evil person. Uh, he's responsible for the deaths of a lot of innocent people. Yeah. He's a, the only person I can think of worse is Bill Gates. Yeah, and I'll tell you another thing. Those quack doctors said that I got the corona, too, just because I've been a little, excuse me, under the weather. It's a bunch of hogwash. As a matter of fact, I'm going to my grandma's nursing home in honor of her, and I'm going to play Twister with all of her friends. Well, <clears throat> we're definitely sorry for your loss and appreciate your call. If uh, you're in the medical industry and you're supporting Fauci, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. You should lose your medical license if you have one. Yeah, no doubt about that. I know nurses personally that have been nurses for decades that resigned from their jobs because they were tired of watching people being murdered yeah. in the hospital. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's just a fact. But, wow. uh, stay tuned next for news. Number news. Boy, what? he has a lot of <laughs> lies he just says are facts. You know, first it was the wow. 100 weddings. Then he's had eight family members die of COVID, but they didn't. And right. now there's a bunch of nurses he knows who've all quit their jobs because they couldn't deal with the lies anymore that people were dying of COVID. Once again, I got to say, why did the FCC bust my balls? I mean, I was fine. <laughs> They're doing of nothing dollars. about this. I was fine millions of dollars because a handful of mothers thought I was dirty. <laughs> but they, but these and guys you were literally... supposed to be bad for something, bad for society, bad for the community. And, uh, and nobody these... ever died by anything that you said. Nobody bats an eye at these guys. They literally gave advice that could kill people, and that's uh, fine. Man, I'm glad know. I you went it. there and killed your grandma. <laughs> yeah, go to the nursing home. Well, Richard, another fine job. You and Sal, take a bow. Nice. Thank you. Thanks so much. And can I just say, I love Sal's southern accent when we do these. It just cracks me up. Well, I also love your uh, your grandma. I mean, you sound so much like a woman. It's unbelievable. You sounded like Richard My grandson. <laughs> a woman named Richard. Uh, great job. I don't job. know how All they right. thought that she was, or he was grandma. <laughs> I'm Grandma. Hey, it's Grandma. <laughs> hey, <here>. Grandma. Sirius <laughs> put together. I've been talking about. It. I've been having trouble sleeping. Although last night I did a pretty good job of it. 
got that done. But uh, I was complaining about having trouble sleeping, and then uh, someone told me SiriusXM now has come to my rescue. They announced a new channel called the Sleep Channel. The Sleep really? Channel. Really? Yeah. I didn't channel. know that. I'll read you the description. The channel features ambient music and sleep sounds and is available online only, meaning it's not on in the cars, which is a good thing. You don't want people. Yeah, you don't want to sleep in the cars. No. (laughs) So uh, there you go. They're playing. uh, Here you go. They're playing under an equatorial. Equatorial. Uh, Smart. Equatorial Night Sky, Under an Equatorial Night Sky by Zen Hanami. I think that's how you say it. Well, I can't help you for that one. <laughs> I know. You know what Gary tells me he calls the sleep channel? He calls it the work channel because he likes to sleep <laughs> when he's at work. <clears throat> Wolf, I'm trying to sleep. Don't talk so loud. Let's see, I'll give you a two for Tuesday, since it's Tuesday. Here's another one from the Sleep Channel called Mind Bliss. Nice. How's that? That's relaxing. Yeah. I can't sleep to music, actually. I, if there's any noise, I'm like the princess in the pea. Um, my wife can sleep through anything. I can sit there and watch TV. She sleeps through it. But I, I me. Any distraction will get me up, and I'll start complaining. But don't you listen to those noise machines? Only if there's noise coming from, like, another apartment or something Uh, like that. Yeah. Beautiful Robin. See, music can lull me to sleep. Like, it really does. Sounds like the music at a massage parlor. Yeah. Uh, Any chance for a couple extra bucks you can release my tension? It sounds like the spa channel is actually what it sounds like. We no, I the spas a little like more, but I do sleep to the spa channel too. I put that on whenever yeah. I'm having a massage. Spa channel's pretty cool, you know. Like, like yeah. sometimes I go, like, you know, man, I'm just gonna chill out and light some candles and <laughs> and I'll uh, massage. Let some lavender breezes blow. Yeah. <laughs> the channel. Yeah, I guess this sleep channel is for people who find the spa channel too upbeat. Right. It's yeah. keeping them up. <laughs> Here's a gentleman who's listening to the new sleep uh, channel right now. Hi, sir. Hey, Howard. I love the new sleep radio channel. You actually can listen in the car. I'm on the drive to work right now. It's really great. <laughs> None of that's going to wake him up. <laughs> that Nothing. <big> <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, there you go. Well, good for I wonder, serious thinking of people needing to sleep. I wonder if I was like a musician and, you know, I spent most of my life practicing as a kid. And then I got into um, the Juilliard School of Music because I'm so gifted. And after Juilliard, I go out and I get a record deal and I make an album and I'm really excited. And then 
they put my music on something called the sleep channel. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what do you think? Like, are you excited that it's on the radio or are you just like, fuck? I mean, I'm on I the sleep channel. I don't even know, like, what you do with that. Yeah, like, do you, uh, yeah. Can you go on tour? Because <laughs> your do whole people, audience will fall asleep. <laughs> my, my, my audience is unconscious. <laughs> Anyway, uh, there you go. There you go. Well, I'll have to remember that on nights I'm having trouble sleeping. I was talking about journaling. Uh, you know, I'm big into journaling now. I like to write with a fountain pen. Robin bought me a fountain pen for my birthday. And, um, fountain pen. Fountain pen, Jamie. <laughs> and I, uh, this is weird. The guys found a new journaling YouTube channel. And I didn't know this. There is ASMR for journaling now. I guess the woman oh, talks. Is that the woman talking? God, I I do not know. I first of all, some people I know jerk off to ASMR. Some of my guys were telling me some of the younger guys, and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding! I get so nauseated by ASMR. This is where people like put a microphone super close to their mouth and they record everything like really super loud. Even eating. Well, they're whispering, but it's loud. Oh, I and can't so take two minutes of it. Every smack of the lips and all of that oh, stuff. Is... I can't take two minutes of it. Yeah. I can't. Here's somebody. Uh, this is called Here's Journaling With Me by ASMR Planet. Wait till you hear this. I couldn't last. By the way, I I, I lasted maybe 10 seconds with this. This here's my pencil case. Just my. Hey, hey. But you might need to think of some things for my today last. Not sure where I'm at. Sounds like popcorn popping. Okay, I can't take it. I don't know who's listening to that. Oh, the guy who was listening, uh, thank God, the guy who was listening to the new sleep radio on Sirius XM and had the car accident. He is in an ambulance now on his way to the hospital, and the ambulance driver is on uh, the air to just tell us what, what's going on. Yes. Hey, Howard, I'm, I'm actually an EMT in Roslyn. We heard the whole crash on air. We heard everything go down. We're driving him right now to the hospital here. We actually we have sleep radio on in the car. It's really great for... This is a this is an ambulance. This guy's been. It, it's only uh, nine fifty in the morning. This guy's been in two car crashes already. <laughs> uh, by the way, Top Gun Maverick made one hundred fifty one million bucks over Memorial Day weekend. It's like the biggest yeah. deal. You saw it? No, you didn't go. No, to I haven't day. seen it yet. Yeah. I almost got to see it, and then I just wasn't up to it, and I didn't go. So I still have yet to see what they've done with that, but. The reviews have been great. There's a weird thing going on with Top Gun. A lot of these conservative radio right-wing media figures are real charged up. They, 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 they're identifying with the movie Top Gun. Most of them have never served in the military, by the way, or done anything heroic. But for some reason, they're all charged up. They say this is a big win for anti-wokeness, masculinity. It's a big win for the Republicans. They've, they've like... And I'm not sure how the hell they fucking watch yeah, this thing. Yeah, how do they get that out of uh, the I don't success know. of Top Gun? 
Anyway, we pulled a couple of clips so you can hear. Please bring back good movies like this because the movies that we've had in the last couple of years have not been great. They have been woke. They're all about an empty virtue signal for those that make them that feel so good and applaud themselves. And then nobody goes to see them. And then they win Oscars and nobody watches the Oscars either. These are people in show business. You know, they're on TV and radio and but they're anti-show business. They are like, they made these movies, and they make these, I think they're like, they're bitter about show business, but they're in show business. So maybe they're bitter about the fact that they're in show business, but they're, I don't know, I don't know what the uh, fuck they're carrying yeah, on. you're trying to make sense of it. <laughs> and sometimes when they talk, I try to understand, it's like, what did she say? The anti, I wish I, she I don't even understand so fast, it. And it's in a monotone. I was hard, it was hard to, Really, what is it? go with what she's saying. Something about the woke movies it, it, that nobody goes to see, and then they get uh, nominated for Oscars, and nobody's seen them. Yeah, this she, is a they, movie was, that's anti that. It's a movie yeah, then, that uh, people want to go see. But there's some expression she used that I yeah I, I didn't understand. Let me play it again. Grasp onto like, it. Yeah, she's like, please, please bring back good movies like this because the movies that we've had in the last couple of years have not been great. They have been woke. They're all about an empty virtue signal for those. Oh, that's the one. The virtue empty signal. Yeah. Empty virtue. I don't even know what that is. It's all about an empty virtue signal and they're anti woke <laughs> and, and the show business and, 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 and no one goes to see these movies. And, 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 oh, fuck. The fuck are you talking about? Good Lord. It's just a fucking movie. It's a military movie. You're not in the military. Tom Cruise hasn't served either. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't get all charged up about this. It's just a fucking cool movie. There's a lot of dudes who served in Vietnam who came back and were against the war. I hate this whole thing about woke. You know what? Because woke to me means maybe you fucking woke up and started thinking about some shit besides yourself. I mean, uh, what is this woke? What woke? Well, I don't think anybody's woke, quite frankly. If you believe in something, you're woke. woke. And the other people who don't think they're woke. <laughs> like if I say, okay, I think it's legit that um, women are entitled to choose what they want for their bodies. Empty virtue uh, signaling. Is that is that what I'm doing? Am I woke or something? I don't. I mean, what the fuck? Woke. I just think I, all I know is as a dude, if I put myself in a woman's place. And some shit stain fucking raped me. And now I find out on top of that, I'm fucking pregnant with his fucking rape baby. Maybe I don't want to have it. Maybe it's going to ruin my life. Maybe I'm going to jump out a window and kill myself. Even that hyperbole is wrong no. to argue because if I don't want to have a baby, I have a right to say I don't want to have a baby. I don't care how I got pregnant. Well, let me tell you something. If dudes got pregnant, I That'd told be you exactly be, the law. You can you get got, an you, abortion. You, they ask you if you want an abortion as soon as they take the test. Right. Dudes would get the abortion like, you know, two seconds. Yeah. They wouldn't even have time to think about it. Right. Woman's got a waiting period. But anyway, 
Uh, here, here's some more reaction to Top Gun. All charged up. That make them that feel so good and applaud themselves, and then nobody goes to see them, and then they win Oscars, and nobody watches the Oscars either. Up the testosterone, up the adrenaline. I don't want it to be as deep. I want it to be fun and loud, and allow me to celebrate what it means to like just you know beat your chest and play volleyball or football or just enjoy the day and enjoy being masculine. We've been longing to see a movie that's unapologetically American, and we finally got it. So don't listen to the left wing media. They want you to think that the nation's divided, that we don't have any patriotism, and we hate America. But they couldn't be more wrong. And this is by far the biggest warning of all for mealy-mouthed politicians and feckless weasels of all stripes everywhere. Rhinos, Democrats, and socialists. That in November, it's American pride that will be returning. It will be Americans reawakening and taking back our country. And it is American pride that has driven (laughs) the very rare A-plus rating for the brand new Top Gun It's like, it's like, um, I used to go to the movies and like when I saw The Godfather, I'd walk out and I thought I was in the mafia, you know? Right. I think a lot of these dudes get hopped up and they see like, you know, a guy in the military and he's a tough guy and everything. They start to think they're tough. But that's why I said Tom Cruise, he's acting. He has never served. Mm. He's not tough, really. The only legitimate. Go celebrate a real military man. The only legitimate tough guys are the guys who served in the military. Yeah. Rest of us are pussies. You know. Yeah, man. Fuck you. Blah, you blah, see blah. That, that five foot tall Tom Cruise, he's a real man. Yeah, he's a real man. <laughs> he flies a plane in the movies and puts lifts in his shoes. Be a fucking break. Everybody's nuts. No American movies have been any good. What are you talking about? First of all, let me tell you something about show business. Hollywood. We are the greatest exporters of entertainment. This country, the United States of America, all over the world. All these other countries. They marvel and watch all of our entertainment. It is one of our greatest industries. Our actors, our writers, the producers, the directors that this country has produced. What's with this fucking, oh, elite Hollywood bullshit? Dude, that's an industry that employs a lot of people and a lot of people put a lot of hard work into. And it provides a lot of the GDP of the company. You got, uh, the country is right. That industry, the show business industry, Hollywood, that everyone's bitching about, but somehow they're out of touch. They're so out of touch, they're bringing in billions with fucking all kind of movies. Spider-Man. What are you bringing in? That's what I always want to ask. Like, how much have you contributed? You people yelling at the microphone that Hollywood is horrible. It's, uh, they got some great fucking people in there who I, who I admire, who work hard. You know, honestly, I mean, I'm not down on Hollywood. Sure, there's weird shit that goes on in Hollywood, but you you don't think there's weird shit that goes on at some of these companies that these guys are broadcasting out of or the company you work for? There's weird shit everywhere because people are weird. Probably weird shit going on at their houses. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> that's I what can't we believe, find out. I can't believe these <laughs> these people are praising Tom Cruise. Nothing unusual going on with him. You know, you know who hates the Hollywood elite or whatever they call them? The Taliban. That's who hates Hollywood. You know why? Because they hate anything fun. 
They hate anything that's different. They hate anything that isn't their opinion. They hate anything where someone looks sexual or portrays something human. Don't listen to these fuckers who are, Hollywood is your enemy. Hollywood isn't your enemy. Hollywood is a legit industry that is considered the marvel of the world. The, the, the envy of the universe. You don't think that, that what, and first of all, we export our media to these other countries, which helps these countries also see something other than their fucking dictator. And I'll tell you else who makes a ton of movies, Fox. Because they're part of Hollywood. And they do and a great make job any of it. kind of movie. They're not only Absolutely. making uh, religious uh, movies with the, uh, you know, feel-good story. How you, you? This country spends more time watching Netflix and media, and uh, we love it, and we love the distraction, and we love it. It's It's one of the reasons it keeps a lot of people happy. I see my old mother, who, you know, she ain't doing great. But she puts on that. What's that show she watches, Robin? Tattletales. Tattletales. She's happy. <laughs> but uh, Hollywood is great. Well, you know, the few times I've been out to Hollywood in my life, uh, when I made my movie, I went out there. And I was with Ivan Reitman. You know, he's a great filmmaker. But I saw what was going on at Universal in terms of the talent. I'm not talking about the people even on screen. I'm talking about the editors and the the, the equipment and the, the 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 imagination and industry. I was like, oh, my God, what a great country this is that we have developed this incredible technology of making movies. And, you know, and it's not an exact science to make a movie that people will love. It is so difficult that's why I praised Ivan so much when he could look at a film and go, if I turn the head 45 degrees and then alternate take, you'll get a laugh. I mean, come on. I mean, this is a guy who knew something. Um, you know, we have a rich history in this country. Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, well, he was uh, British. <laughs> no, but he made films right here in America. He might have been born in England, but he was making American films with American actors and American um uh, American uh, tech t- uh, tech people, makeup people. Uh, well, same they, with they um, brought him here because he had so much talent. That's, that's right. The thing you don't you don't sit in fucking England and make movies. They tell you to go to hell. There's nothing going on. America is the greatest place and the greatest industry for making movies. So ask Steven Spielberg about it. The guy's a fucking genius. Well, look, I mean, how many foreign filmmakers? Come here and make movies after they get recognized. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I, you know, and I don't, I don't knock it. I know there's wacky shit that goes on. You see these award shows, you're like, what the fuck are you carrying on? But I told you, Jayla was crying into a, a metal popcorn on TV. I saw that on TV. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Extra, I think, had a little clip of her and she had the golden popcorn yeah well the, the reason people are playing that clip people give is she holding a giant popcorn and crying about her award hey, she was carrying on i got a little because she got the small popcorn i got a little embarrassed for her i mean you know she's like and i love all the people who hated me because those people forced me to become better and i'm like no you don't I don't love pig virus. He didn't force me to be better. In fact, he took me back 50 fucking notches. 
He shook me and shook my confidence. You don't love the people who hated you. What is it? What kind of speech is that? But all right, listen. Who cares? She got a popcorn box in metal. <laughs> I wonder and, where that uh, popcorn box is going. <laughs> oh, you go to J-Lo's house, it's like, there's it's my metal. light. <laughs> you go, hey, J-Lo, what's with that metal popcorn? Uh, oh, yeah, I, I got that for, uh, what was it, the People's Choice at the Movie TV Awards. Body MTV of Work Awards. or something? I don't Generation know. Award. Generation. Generation Award. What is it? Uh, oh, I see. Okay. That's nice, that popcorn. I mean, listen, I got one award in my life. Uh, I told you, Blockbuster Award for my movie. I fucking displayed that thing. Fuck you. I'll take it. If I'm J-Lo, I'm putting that popcorn box on my shelf. <laughs> Building a special cabinet for it. Yeah. Wisely, I didn't cry when I accepted the Blockbuster Award because, uh, you know, <laughs> it's out of that business. That clip would still be playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she had a whole thing. I should listen to that again. She was like really on fire. She was like, um, "Oh, it was a very well written speech." Yeah. I mean, she thought about this. Yeah, she's she praised the people who were against her because it made her stronger. Yeah, you know, they told me to my face. <laughs> yeah, that that's what happens. Good. I'd never make it. <laughs> yeah. But that's the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so that's, of course, you suck in the beginning. People tell you you suck. And then you get better if somebody believes in you. It's the story of every one of us. It's a universal story. I don't want to break it to her. She was so emotional about it. <laughs> She's the only one that's ever happened to her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> someone told me I suck? Well, you kind of did. <laughs> I totally suck. You know. Everyone in the beginning told me I sucked. And you know what? They were right. I was awful. <laughs> I, I, I deserved to be paid for. I didn't even deserve the $4 an hour they paid me. <laughs> That's how bad I was. Hey, yay, yay. Everything was so difficult in the beginning. Yeah, well, if you were born fully realized, that'd be great. But, you know, only people like, um, like Millie Bobby Brown can tell you. I never had anyone tell me I sucked. I was born and then I was a star. <laughs> that's her speech even but, justin bieber had to perform in malls yeah God, i mean people have suffered <laughs> now i saw jerry mathers who played leave it a beaver 100 years ago on tv now he didn't have a story he, he didn't have the j-lo she was like right. i was born when i was about seven i got on leave it a beaver and then i was famous so uh that's right. yeah yeah no but everyone listen he got no popcorn either I hate to break it to J-Lo. My parents told me I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with that? My father was like, you're a moron. You are never going to be on radio. You're an idiot. You can't even speak properly. Oh, I can't um, wait for you to get an award next time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to be like, listen. Be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I'm not crazy about the people who didn't believe in me, but they were right. <laughs> I want to thank True Love. Who's and I that? want to thank the way that I, I like that to might myself. Be ben Affleck. I because that's oh, how right. I knew that I had to grow. I want to thank disappointment and failure for mm. teaching me to be strong. And go. my children for nice. teaching me to love. Nice. Crowd went berserk. 
don't know if we want to play this again. We heard it yesterday. And <laughs> you don't, you probably don't want to hear it again, but all right. Good She's for her, tired though. of it now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I got, so I got no problem with it. She won a box of popcorn. Good. <laughs> Go for you. Go for you. Go for you. It was sad too because she gave such an emotional speech and literally five minutes earlier, the guy from Jackass named Poopies won for kissing a snake. Yeah. And, um, and then kissed a giant snake on stage. And then she came out and started talking about all the people in her life who told her no. And yet she persevered. Yeah, why this was a <laughs> great accomplishment. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, like I said, takes all types. Good for her. Uh, yeah. I suppose there's more stuff we could talk about. But I'm looking at Mr. Clock and he's telling me time to go, Howard. Hi, Mr. Clock. That was Clock, not Cock. <laughs> Here, JLo speech. I want to thank the people who gave me joy and the ones who broke my heart, the ones who were true and the ones who lied to me. I think that's A-Rod. Don't you think? I think so. Well, I, you know, like could be a lot of people on that list. Mm-hmm. I want to thank true love and I want to thank the way that I lied to myself because that's how I knew that I had to grow, whatever that means. I don't know. How do you catch yourself? <laughs> I want to thank disappointment and failure for teaching me to be strong. I don't, by the way. I want to thank all the people who told me to my face. There's a to my face or yeah. when I wasn't in the room that I couldn't do this. How'd they tell you when you weren't in the room? She must have <laughs> stood outside with her ear pressed against the door after she left. You really think she's grateful for them? I really don't think I could have done it without you. Well, I, I'm just thinking of pig virus. I could have done without him my career. He told me I sucked. Yeah. After I had, by the way, taken a radio station number one in Washington, D.C. in a matter of months. Yeah, somehow you all of a sudden sucked because you crossed yeah. state lines. And he was running that shithole WNBC radio, and he somehow felt it was he within his right. He knew. He knew that I sucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he knew. Yeah, I know you sick. You know what? I just mm. got a, a friend of mine is in the casting industry you know she's a talent manager and so she gets yeah. these alerts about casts castings yeah and she sent it to me because i'm being cast for some history channel documentary nice no 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 i'm not being no but that means they're gonna doctor. play you they're gonna yeah, play Robin somebody Quivers. and you know they have and kevin but. is on the list of people they want actors to play like, I wonder what they're talking about in this history documentary. It's something about rebels. Oh, I, so, that sounds yeah. good. I like that. Yeah, I'd I was like, like wow, that's, I wonder who's going to play me. I'm too old to play myself. I would put myself up. But you I know who I'd love? They want You'd me in know? my 30s or something. Oh, then I got the person. Who? Zendaya. <laughs> Are you crazy? You think she has, they said, a physical resemblance. Yeah. You, uh, listen, come on. <laughs> Who do you want? I want Zendaya. I had to play thought you. about it. What do you think? Zendaya. She's good and she's hot. She would do a great Robin Quivers on, on that channel. <laughs> well, I hope she gets the message that they're looking for someone to play. You know play who I'm me. thinking? If not her, what do you feel about uh, this Sarah Shahi? <laughs> what do you think come on i don't think sarah can play me why why not because why not um, why not really 
I'm not, not sure about her acting in between those love scenes. Mm. Oh, you don't feel she's good enough to play you? All right. Okay, uh, that's no. fair. No. What about uh, Halle I, Berry? I, Halle Berry. Halle Berry, I think she's got my problem. I think she's aged out of the role. You know who I loved in Batwoman? Batman, rather? Zoe Kravitz. Was Zo- what about Zoe thinking. Kravitz? I, I would love to see Zoe her. Kravitz. Surely I was thinking, she could play me. <laughs> you know what would be controversial and who I would love to see play you? Hunter Schaefer. <laughs> Let a man play you. I mean, a former man. Now well, he's a before, woman. now you've got to remember, I've yeah. only been played by men before until I played myself. That's right. Uh, that was uh, Dave Chappelle. He played and there you. Were, well, the woman from Saturday Night Live, Ellen yeah. Leghorn, I think right. she played me. She was the first woman to play me. You want but, to know who uh, would play I think you? Dave will not play me anymore. If they go to Dave and say, could you reprise your Robin Quivers? I don't think he's going to do it. Where did he play you? I forget. I remember he did it. Was it on it Saturday was an Night Live? Elon Musk, right. uh, Dave Chappelle thing. Elon Gold. Yeah. And it was a Elon thing, Gold. What am I saying? Musk. MTV yeah, show. Elon Gold played you. And Dave was playing me. And there was some kind of a boxing ring. Oh, a celebrity uh, death match, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. You know who could play you in this this biography piece? Um, Jada Pinkett Smith. Because you both have alopecia. Oh, where uh, the you know? alopecia yeah. twins. <laughs> yes, you should. You should. You guys should support one another. <laughs> what about what about uh, Millie Bobby Brown? Um, she'd be terrific as Robin. She Quivers. could play anything. Could right. The yeah. years when you had the British accent, she could play you. <laughs> well, I don't know how long. It's not my life. It's just this. You want to know who could play you? Whatever they're doing. And all know. jokes aside, and I'm being serious. Fred. No. <laughs> not Fred. Meryl, not Meryl Streep. Um, Beyonce. 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 Yeah. What do you think of I that? I don't know if she'd do you, it. You She's like a it. Busy you like woman. it. If she, she'd jump at the chance to play you. Are well, you it's not a whole. I think this is going to be little segments in this documentary. I, I don't know if Beyonce could be, you know, pulled oh, uh, into whole, a project like that. The whole documentary isn't about you. It's, She's uh, not playing uh, Robin Quivers, the movie. No. <laughs> how about uh, Jennifer Hudson? She'd be terrific. Jennifer and Hudson's great. She'd do part when you sing. <laughs> I don't know that she could reprise my voice. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people oh. probably trying to get that part now. <laughs> I thought it was hysterical. I was like, what in the world is happening in my life? Now they're casting somebody to play me. Be great. And Jody Foster's on the phone. She wants to talk to you. <laughs> yes, Jody. I'd love to play the role. Hey, just give me give me a shot. Listen. I have big pendulous breasts, or uh, how about this? Four inches is fine. Uh, you know what do you say? Well, that, that sounds pretty convincing. I like when you do four Seems inches. Seems like fine. you know the character. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh right, yeah, Jody. I've been studying you for years, Rob, and I just I'm such a fan. I, I'm I'm really a fan of your work, and you know, listen to this: a big dick energy. What, what do you think of that? How'd that go? <laughs> you certainly got down Robin's lines and the way she do- yeah. delivers them. Yeah. Listen to this. This is real method. Uh, bring me more green drink, Mr. Uh, Dr. Ronnie. How about that? <laughs> that? Try it again. Yeah. Try it again. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> bring me more green drink, uh, Dr. Ronnie. Uh, that was good. I will that was you good. hard like a teacher. 
<laughs> Jody, you are one of our greatest actresses, and you playing Robin would be such an honor, honestly. And your delivery on these lines, uh, terrific, terrific. I appreciate that. I would be such an honor to play Robin. Shove that coffee up my ass. How's <laughs> that? How about the scene where you have to take ayahuasca in order to find your true inner self? Oh man, you know, I could see an Oscar in my future for that. I could really, I could really get into that. Well, you know, colds are the body's way of crying. That's one of my favorite things Robin ever said. You know, yeah. Colds are the body's, body's way of crying, yes. That's yeah, right. Then. That's right. That's well, right. I'll be the, uh, here, I'll, I, I'll give you a little audition, Jody. If you're really serious okay. about getting the part of Robin, I'm going to be the shaman. Absolutely. Okay. And we're in and we're in uh, Chile or Peru, no, wherever the hell we are. Peru. We're in Peru. Okay, okay Robin. <laughs> All right. All don't right. get hung up. Uh, okay. the... Chile would be different. <laughs> All right. Robin, right. Robin, come in, come in and take Ooh. my to my um. What do they call it, Robin? A, uh, what the, the ayahuasca? Room, you... the, come oh, to my no, ayahuasca no. room. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, I'm here. I'm here, shaman. Shaman, I'm here. Yes, yes. I'm yes. ready. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, what I'm yeah. going to do is take you on a trip and you are okay. going to see life the way it really is. You're going to discover okay, a yeah. truth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm inside. I'm in the grass hut. I see the grass hut. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm here. Okay. Now I want you to lay on, on your bed. I want you to remove, I want you to remove your clothing. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I'm feeling this. I'm going to yeah. trip ball. Yeah. All right, enough of that. All right, thank you. Thank you, Jody. That's enough. There's Jody Foster who says she wants to play Robin in the new movie. All right. She sounds like Ray Liotta chasing down Martin mm. Scorsese to play Henry Hill. Right. Well, anyway, Mr. Clock is really yelling at me now. We have to go. <laughs> but uh, tomorrow, hey, by the way, Michael Che, I'll be talking with Michael Che tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, of course. Does the news so wonderfully on Saturday Night Live? Recently retired from that gig, but he's still got his TV. I show know they too. had a lot of people say goodbye. Yeah, we'll talk. To I don't Michael think he left it. Howard. I thought he but did. I, announce, he announced that he's leaving. I wasn't sure. I think about next him, year. But yeah, but he announced he's leaving. Yes. Okay. Oh, so I'm talking about the people who are leaving this season. Oh, you're saying he's leaving next year. Okay. That's I thought he was saying goodbye. I read in the paper that he was saying goodbye. Well, these guys are now sending me a note. He's not saying goodbye. Okay. I, I'm going I around. knew that Kate McKinnon I think he, Howard, said goodbye. I think he pulled like a Tom Brady thing where he said, yeah, I'm going to leave. And then the season ended. And then once he wasn't there, he changed his mind. Oh, okay. Well, well, we'll whatever to he's up out. to. Yeah. There's only one way to do that. I'll ask him. Um. Yeah, he's good on that. So, and evidently, he writes most of the material for that. He's a really great writer. They are the head writers of yep. the whole thing. No, uh, okay. Well, I stand corrected. It's funny because I've been going around saying, "Yeah, Michael Chase coming on." I guess because he, you know, he quit uh, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> hey, Johnny. Hey, you're not wrong, Howard. He did say that, and then he walked it back. So, oh, see, like, I, but he, he, what he likes to say is right after the season ends, everybody wants to leave. And then you think about it a little bit. And then by the time August, September rolls around, you want to do it all over again. Yeah, you recharge. Well, do you think that's going to happen to Pete Davidson and all those other people? 
I think they're saying goodbye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. As we'll soon talk to as Michael. Pete Davidson kissed Kim Kardashian, I knew he was out of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he's everywhere now. Yeah. He he parading around with her. He's and, in Paris. Uh, he's in love. He he even dyed his hair the same color as hers. I saw that on. Uh, Is that what they're doing? Same hair color. They, bo- they both went blonde. Yeah. Pete and Kim together, and uh, he's going to have so much good material once he's sort of like. You think he's got to dump her to get the good material? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's going to last forever. You don't know with these guys, but um, he, he, he he's got some good material around all these women he's dated. You well, know. you can't make the girls your material, can you? You kind of can, actually. Girls? Yeah. 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 You can get away with that for a couple of years. Sure. <laughs> it wreaks havoc in your personal life. but Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's a very tricky thing uh, being funny for a living because the only thing you have to draw from is life. And the problem is the people in your life don't appreciate it. And then everybody starts wanting to have a writing credit. <laughs> have right. you seen that one? Oh, you talked about me and your stand up. I'm writing for you. Hmm. All right. Anyway, everybody, have a great day. And uh, we'll uh, see you tomorrow. And we'll talk to Michael Che and find out what his retirement plans are. But uh, until then, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>